You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to the Ball Soccer Liberty Podcast on the We Are Libertarians Network, or the Wall Network. Uh, <clears throat> made fun of that earlier today. Darren, mm-hmm. uh, not Darren, <laughs> said Darren already. Aaron Dickin over here in the corner, one of our guests, he uh, he said, it's the We Are Libertarians Network. I said, it's because the We Are Democrats Network never contacted us. We didn't have a shot at it. So we're on the oh, We Are Libertarians Network, the Wall <laughs> Network, Wall Local. I'm your host, Jeremiah Morrill, and as always, I'm joined by our co-host, Dakota Davis. Hey, how's it going, Jeremiah? Oh, it's been a mess already. I'm, I'm yep. struggling. Yep. Before we even started, I drank one beer and I'm on my second one. So, (laughs) yeah, I'm trying to. I got through the beer I brought, and now the the guest who won't admit he's drinking a beer he uh, he gave me one too. So we're trying to trying to play equal favorites here. Which one is that? I I don't see uh, Mr. Balsong over here with a cup. Yeah, he's got uh, he's got something under the table. I don't know. (laughs) Water. (laughs) Our show is about our lives in rural Indiana. It's a show. this is a show about folks who are involved in politics. Hey, we actually have that today. Uh, we promise that our episodes are going to be a fun and easy listen. We interview people who are influencers, elected officials, political experts, and folks we just find interesting. We've got a bunch of politicians in the room, and we're not talking politics today, Dakota. I know. It's really weird. We're going to talk about, a little bit about politics. I can't have Aaron Dickin in the room and not talk about politics. Not rake me over the coals mm-hmm. for yeah. grass. Yeah, smoking. I already told you. See, I'm. <laughs> if I seem a little exhausted during this episode, it's because I had to mow before Aaron got here. Because I did have some grass that I I went out and measured. It was it was about eight inches. Oh, you you, you most, maximum freedom in your grass. As you mowed measured in kilos. <laughs> <laughs> I as a guy of your age, Dick, I would think that maybe you'd be okay with that as a Democrat. You'd be you know. I think it, grass, be fine. Is, grass is to be mown. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's all you can do with it. That's all you can do with grass. So, so official introductions. We've got Dick Bowslog here, who is a uh, a current county councilman in uh, in Henry County and a retired. Uh, educator you you taught at a couple of different schools here in newcastle is that right yes all right and then on the other side we have a retired educator <laughs> <laughs> for different reasons <laughs> and uh, current city councilman it's aaron dickin it's his return appearance on the show mm-hmm. so we welcome we welcome both of them so the main purpose of this show today is we're gonna well we're gonna have some conversation and some fun uh but we're gonna talk about uh, a newcastle indiana zone uh, robert indiana bob indiana who is a uh, an artist born here, and uh, he just recently passed away. Last month he passed away, and these guys uh, made a trip up to uh, not to Vermont. I don't know if you went through to Vermont to get there, but you made a trip to Maine. We missed it. Vermont. Nope. You guys missed didn't Vermont. stop and see old uh, old burn. <laughs> weren't feeling it. Weren't feeling it. <laughs> well, didn't feel the burn. So uh, we're going to talk to him about that as we get into the episode a little bit. But uh, we normally just bounce back and forth weekend stuff and what's going on in our lives and. Wait on people to join us in the live stream. You're listening on uh, on iTunes. Uh, there is a live stream available. If you go out to Facebook or YouTube, you can uh, you can see some of the stuff that uh, we have. We're talking about an artist today, so Aaron brought some props. So there's uh, there's going to be some props and videos uh, that you can check out over there. Dakota, what uh, what'd you do this weekend, man? Uh, there man. this week. This week, 
Well, I worked until 11 p.m. on Tuesday, so there hasn't been a lot that I've done this week. I've, I've been, man, I, we keep getting hit by these little random storms that just do nothing but cause ruckus in my life. You're just printing money in overtime, though. <laughs> I, <laughs> good for I the guess studio you can budget. Call it that. Yeah, good for the studio. <laughs> yeah, that's right. How do you think we got that really pristine, like, $40 backpack over there? Is that, uh, is that Boss Hog Liberty property? Yeah, that's Boss Hog property. We need to get that embroidered, man. Yeah. It looks like a hunting backpack. It's it's green. See, it's I like can't a, see it's it. Like a, digital camo. It's project. a digital camo, exactly. Yeah, well, uh, they had a black one, and the uh, the camouflage one was the only one that was on sale. Uh, it was. It was. <laughs> you sound like a Democrat. He's like a libertarian yeah. to me. <laughs> the, uh, the black one was seventy five dollars. That one was forty dollars. So, all right. Yeah. What are we doing with that? Are we carrying our microphones oh, man, and our H six around in it. Is that is that can, our mobile studio? Yeah, it's our whole mobile studio. It's got a place for the for the Mevo. Got straps on the side for the tripod. Uh, places for the microphones. It's even got little individual SD card pockets and places for batteries. Uh it, it's seriously like the Cadillac of backpacks. <laughs> Should have had that last night at the county commissioner's meeting. It was, uh, yeah. it, there were fireworks. I feel like I exciting. said that exact same thing as a fourth grader. <laughs> the Cadillac of backpacks. Cadillac of yeah, backpacks. yeah. <laughs> Maybe if things go well, we can get a lunchbox next week. Maybe. <laughs> uh, I want a tin one, though. I want a metal yes. a metal lunchbox that's got the Doughboy on it. So you uh, you broke your phone over the weekend. I did. So you yeah. had to go to Richmond to the Best Buy for repair or across the road. There's some, some little cell phone shop. Yeah, it's called uh, You Break, I Fix. That's the name of the shop. So, uh, And it's all one word. It's, a, it's not separate words. It's all lowercase, one word. And I was expecting it to be kind of a pretty shady place, but I walked in there and it was like, it was like walking into the Google offices where there's, you know, beanbag chairs and it's all very postmodern architecture and... I was like, wow, this is like, you guys just replace phone screens and you can afford a building <laughs> like this. <laughs> they, they might sell some stuff out the back door, too. I don't know if you hung around long enough to ask questions. Measured in kilos. In kilos. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so I went across the street to the Best Buy. Um, I, I'm moseying around looking at things. I, I, was, I originally went in there to look for a tempered glass screen protector for my phone. So I didn't have to make the trip back to Richmond again. Let me tell you guys, spending your entire adult life with a cell phone, with a smartphone, and then you drop it off at a location in an unfamiliar town, and you don't have it for two and a half hours, it's like, what? how did people survive? <laughs> you, don't, you don't carry a backup phone just in case? Yeah, you have two phones over here. <laughs> No, I was so I was like, I don't even know what I, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I went to Best Buy to look for things. I saw the backpack. I really liked it. Um, I w- I went up to a sales associate and I said, Hey, I, I'm I'm looking for a headphone amp. You know what what we can use to to hear ourselves in the headphones with. And he's he starts asking me questions and starts asking me about the setup. He's like, You in a studio? I was like, Yeah. And he's like, Are you are you using this for a uh, bands or anything do you have a band no i'm in a studio and uh he's like you you run it through a mixer first I said yeah and he goes are you a podcaster too <laughs> <laughs> yeah and ours is way more successful than yours and i've even met yeah. you well he didn't even tell me the name of of his i gave him a business card so who's doing the better job yeah, marketing yeah, yeah. there we know no bounds and shameless self-promotion <laughs> on this show we have no shame so he he did point me in the right direction for one. Uh, it's one hundred and forty dollars. 
So uh, that's what our Patreon money is going to be going to. So if you want to support us on Patreon so that we can keep upgrading our equipment, it's patreon.com slash Liberty. Um, we have all kinds of really cool stuff. We did a, the bonus episode tinfoil time this week. Uh, my wife and I do that every week, and it was uh, a, the conspiracy theory that we did this week was there are no forests on Earth. Which is really interesting. We have Trojan Woods just up the street. You're not allowed uh, to go in it, but we have it. We, we did have, have Trojan Woods. <laughs> <laughs> Until people started destroying it with their bicycles. And their feet. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that was... Uh, so that episode last night that we did was probably my, my favorite episode that we've done. All right. I have not listened to it yet. It was a good one. I had a somewhat busy day trying to sell steel during the day job. but yeah, I promised to... Goof off tomorrow and listen to your, po- your, your bonus <laughs> podcast. Is it non-tariffed? Non-tariffed? Uh, it's domestic. So, yeah, we're Good. for you're, now. You're within the border. We're, yeah, we're within the border. <laughs> I, 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 the big one today was I was working on a job in the Cincinnati airport, which is conveniently in Kentucky. So, go figure. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like, like the, the street, street part. Yeah, I could never. Yeah. So, yeah. Poor, poor Dick shows up here all out of breath, and, and he's got a bad back anyway today. And he parked... The, uh, we're on a lettered street somewhere north of Pew Avenue, and uh, the numbers are not anywhere close to what they would be on any logical map. Uh, and Dick is going to show up at the next Monday county council meeting and petition the city to renumber <laughs> the streets because it makes no sense at all. Answer for your actions, Aaron. I'm, I'm, what adding, is going that on? To, I'm adding that to my platform. Very good. I've only yeah. lived here 70 years. <laughs> well, Dick, the only reason that Aaron knew where this place was is because he personally patrols my grass. And make True. sure that I'm not blowing it into the street. Make sure it's short enough. It's impressive. You went from like four and a quarter to two and a quarter like <laughs> overnight. He brought his measuring tape out and yeah. checked it. Yep. He does it. I mean, I will give Aaron credit. He's going out there himself. He's doing the dirty work himself and measuring the grass, making sure people are, are not exceeding their freedom limits. Yeah. You know, just like Barney Fife, yep. citizen's arrest. Where's your bullet in your pocket there? You're just wearing a T-shirt. I, I have one that I, I have one I fiddle with over here. That you <laughs> borrow that. It's a live round. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I want to keep Aaron on his toes. Man. <laughs> You've got a live round in, with all these public officials around. Mm-hmm. That's a hate crime, That's right. man. It's dangerous. <laughs> <A> hate crime. <laughs> well, I'll take it out whenever President Trump comes to the show. Yeah. We're holding our breath. We're still waiting on the vice president's brother to swing by. So yeah, we'll see yeah. if the president That's not comes. Gonna, yeah. All right. So uh, you have in the notes here that I went to the commissioner's meeting last night. I did. I visited the Henry County Commissioner's meeting. I This week was crazy, as always. I did uh, – in two nights, I did five meetings. <laughs> I did uh, I did Friends of Memorial Park. I did the Henry County 4-H Junior Leaders. I went to the White Estates. Aaron's going to raise my taxes to make sure my sewage works, even though the mayor said the other day that where I live, I have good flow. But whatever. I'm inside the yellow box, so I'm going to get taxed. And then uh, the next day, I went to the 4-H Junior Leader meeting and the uh, and this, and the Henry County Commissioner's meeting. Um, yeah. And there were more today, but we did the podcast. Instead. Yeah. We thought about taking the camera and stuff, but yesterday was the only free day I had all week <laughs> and this weekend. So I was I was like, And nah. you had to record. And you had to do yeah, Tuesday show. Yeah, and you time. So I was, I was just, you know, tinfoil time sounds like a lot more fun than listening to people argue about the comprehensive plan for the county. So the, the county, no offense, uh, no offense, <laughs> no offense taken. The, the county approved the uh, comprehensive plan finally uh, last night. The uh, commissioners signed off on that. That was there was no real debate or anything. That one went pretty quick. And then the uh, 
they've been working on the WEX ordinance. We've been following that story through all the primaries uh, and had a number of candidates come through and the commissioner's candidates. Uh, they've had a marked-up ordinance that uh, that went through. It wasn't really read. There's a copy of it posted on the county website now. Um, it Now that it's been, I guess it's like a first reading, it's been approved by the commissioners. It will go to the planning commission that will take action or not take action. It's, it's weird how that works, Dick. They can, <laughs> It'll get sent down there, and they'll have hearings, and then they'll do something or they won't do something, and then it'll come boomerang back to the commissioners. And then I would imagine some point in the next three to four months we'll have resolution or we won't have resolution on, on the wind topic. Uh, so the uh, inside in my lifetime <laughs> <laughs> inside of the WEX ordinance, the uh, I, one big thing that I saw was that uh, the allowable limit for height uh, of the wind of the windmills is going to be shorter than what we all originally thought. It's 500 feet. I'm not sure mm-hmm. what the uh, what the what the other proposals have been, but I. I'd always heard people saying it was going to be close to the Chase Tower. I looked at the Chase Tower today because I was it was like the or the Salesforce Tower now. It's been around so long that I think the tower's been renamed three times since this project started. It might have been the Bank <laughs> One Tower when this came about. <laughs> yeah, uh, but the Salesforce Tower is 811 feet tall. These, if these do come through, the top maximum ordinance height is 500 feet. Which how tall is the Shenandoah one? Uh, I think maybe in the 300 range. I don't know. I don't. I've. I've yet. Uh, you've got the measuring tape, man. You used it in Dakota's yard. We'll just I'm not that tall. I'll put you on my shoulders, and we'll go out there and <laughs> there check it. He only has to have an Giants eight-inch ruler. Of our own mind. He only it's has true. to have an eight-inch ruler, and if it reaches it's the really top, really just a stick, a twig. Yeah. Oh man, uh, Travis Ham is in the chat, and he says he fixed Aaron Dickens. It's song. true. It's so. true. And then he said hashtag repair local. Listen, Travis, I'm sorry, but I had to go to the place that was Google certified. That, that was my reasoning. You're walking it, around the with a twelve hundred dollar Google phone. Uh, yeah, the closest one <laughs> was in Richmond, and I, I I had to go. But then I talked to the guy in Richmond. I'm like, "How do you do this?" You know, but I'm uh, constantly curious. I'm a curious individual, so I asked him. It is Pride Month, and he said, uh, <laughs> and he said it's actually really easy. Pretty much, uh, he, the Google phone that is. He's like, the Google phone is actually like super easy. We just like flip it open like a book. And you unplug two little cords, and then you stick it back down and use the heat gun to seal it back up. So like, now you don't have to pay to have that done ever again. And you I, stole and then I secrets. thought, and you, that took you two and a half <laughs> hours. <laughs> I'm just saying I dropped my phone off with Travis. Didn't even miss it. I knew it was in good hands. Yeah, You didn't have the fidgets? You nope. were, you were, nope. you were didn't have it? the fidgets because oh, I, you have an iPad? I could remember my Razor phone, which I know <laughs> I'm saying this in front of Dick, who... Had the cord phone, right? Meaning what? <laughs> the cord phone. That's all I'm saying. We used to have shared lines. So I got lines. I got so bored that I went to the parking lot of Big Lots, and I got out my I got out my game. Did you buy cleaning. some sunglasses? No, I got out my game cleaning kit, the the things I used to uh, to clean the animals that I kill, and then started looking for roadkill in the Big Lot parking lot. <laughs> no, and <laughs> then I the got cooler. and then I got out two basketballs. Or not basketballs, but golf balls. And I just started playing with them. Just started cutting them up. And uh, I peeled one like an apple spiral. It was, it was a pretty good testament to the quality of my knives and how sharp they were. I was impressed. And uh, thankfully, I did have cut-resistant gloves in my truck, too. So Man, you should have yeah. live-streamed that. I should oh, have. Yeah. Can you imagine have the your, clicks you didn't have your phone. on? Yeah. That's your generation. <laughs> I would have been looking for to work acts of kindness for people in the vicinity. Oh, man. Oh. Just uh, passing out $100 bills like a retiree. <laughs> okay, okay. Fixed income, but, Jeremiah. 
I, Twenty dollar bills. <laughs> there is one act of kindness. I wasn't going to bring it up because I don't like to brag on myself. But uh, there but was a, there was a lady whenever I was getting gas that stopped by my truck and asked if I had seventy five cents, and I gave it to her. Nice. Did I she have, make need to make three phone calls? I don't know. And the, well, there, there was the payphone that was like right across from my right there in the parking lot, and I I was like, oh, she's going to have to make a phone call, and then she just walked right past it. So I, I don't know what the 75 cents was for. I don't know why it was such an odd low amount. I mean, if you're just going to be asking for money, I would quite, be, quite the shakedown number. I don't know. Yeah. Got $75. She had dollars mixed with cents is what I'm thinking. So. I'm waiting for the Democrat joke. <laughs> yeah. You would have just taken other people's money, right? <laughs> Let me get this money over here. Aaron Aaron saw her first and said, take Dakota's money. He's got it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's where you're going. This guy's oh, over here. Yeah. There we go. All right. You guys want to talk some Robert, Indiana? Yeah, let's let's sure. do it. Let's talk about our topic today. All right. So the reason that these guys, uh, Dick and Aaron, are here, um, you guys made a trip. And it was I, – I didn't realize it was going on. I don't know. Aaron, were you still at what, – what career – you've had like five different jobs in the last two years. Oh, thanks. Uh, <laughs> hey, job hopper. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. That's right. They've all been step-ups. Yeah. I'm, I'm just giving you a hard time. Um, were, you, were you working with I the was, Art Association at the, the time? Yeah. I was the director at the Art Center at that point. Um, Are you an artist as well? I'm not. Oh, oh Aaron. But <laughs> I'm, uh, not an artist in the artist Musical sense artist. of the word. We're all artists, Dakota. We're podcasters. Um, we are in that. The, is an art. Uh, we are in. I, we Definitely. have an appreciation. We're in the arts. You community. have to have an amp for your they headphones. You are an artist. <laughs> <laughs> but we just, we just talk in the same tone over and over and over again. But we're yep. we're artsy. Yeah. Yeah. I guess anyway, you could call it that. Whatever. So, so I was a director at the art center, and uh, I had rem- before that time had remembered going to the IMA with my wife. And at that point, they had a room dedicated to Robert Indiana, and it was Robert Clark. So I saw that Robert Clark associated with Newcastle on something there and came home and asked my dad about it. And so then one of the things I wanted to do when I was the director was make that connection. And I was too ignorant to know how big of a feat that was going to be, <laughs> well, which was kind of nice, actually. You've come a long way. Like In, in the time you were there, uh, I read the newspaper every day, so I, you know, I, whether or not we're talking in Friends at that point, I was aware of, of the work mm-hmm. you were doing. So I don't know what street it is. I, of course, it's Newcastle, so it could be 47th Street for all <laughs> I know. That's true. 31st <laughs> as far as we go. <laughs> uh, I, I guess is that I 15th Street. 15th Street. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. So, okay, yeah, because you've had 14th Street closed for three years. Now, right, now we remember. don't even include that. It's open now. <laughs> We've taken it off the maps. So 15th Street is uh, runs from Broad Street, our main highway, uh, 38, uh, all the way across – to I guess Indiana Avenue and points beyond all the way to the Armory A Avenue A Avenue, it actually goes north too. Uh, yeah, to the to the hook. Uh, yeah, we don't send anybody over <laughs> that side of town. If you want to, if you want to find meth in the street, that's where you that's go. That's terrible. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh, I'm the bad guy. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so that's that's been renamed Robert Indiana Parkway, and there were some right. big signs that were put up, and you've had. Um, there were some painting in uh, the crosswalks mm-hmm. in all along that pl- that area. Um, there's some public art displays that have gone in, and that's where the art association headquarters is. Right, right, and that was kind of the idea. Um, I knew the that renaming the street completely was going to be a terrible idea, and even 
trying to stress that it was going to be an honorary name, I think um, raised some eyebrows from like the library and some other people there that thought they would have to redo a lot of their marketing. Um, but it's an honorary. It's just an additional street sign showing it's in honor of Robert Indiana. Um, and for us, it made sense because the art associations on that street, libraries on that street, and really it's the backyard of the historical society too. So you get to the historical society there. Um, and now having the love sculpture there outside of the armory, it's just a really nice You've got um, section. Two love sculptures on in 15th that, in Street. That's true. Yeah, it's true in that, in that area. And uh, Vanderwall uh, kind of took that and ran with it and made it the Robert Indiana Arts and Culture District. And uh, Newcastle Main Street has been a huge com- uh, proponent of you know, making that uh, fill out a little bit with the sculpture at the armory um, sculptures at the armory. That's the one thing I had forgotten. They've added a couple other Robert Indiana themed sculptures there. Um, and there's some paintings along the way and then connecting it to the art association. So Dick, tell us about Robert Indiana, who he, who he was, what, what the connection is with Newcastle, I guess. Start, start okay, there for us. Before I do that, uh, Mary Beth Taylor gave me sometime last year, uh, an old news Republic in 1978, maybe June. And, uh, Whoever the writer was, uh, Marnie someone, had gone to uh, the uh, retrospective in Indianapolis in 78 at the IMA, Indianapolis Museum of Art, and talked to Robert Indiana. And his first comment was, I was afraid someone from Newcastle would would find me. Anyway, but she interviewed him, and it was, this is where Aaron comes in. And I have nothing but praise for Aaron for the work he did. And that's that's not a joke. <laughs> anyway, uh, need a rim shot over here somewhere. <laughs> he said, uh, "She said you were born in Newcastle." He said, "They say I was." And then he goes on to say that uh, she said, "Have you have you tried to make contact with anyone?" He says, "I don't know anyone in Newcastle. I have no doors to knock on." He said, "The only place I know in Newcastle is the courthouse lawn." He said, "I've been there. I was there twenty years ago or uh, thirty years ago." So anyway. That's the only the only association he had with Newcastle. But he did say, he said, I'm waiting on someone to contact me. And so it took, that was in 78, and in 19, uh, whenever, or not 19, in 2015, Aaron starts knocking on his door, and, and one day he opened, and Aaron gave me that call, and he said, Mr. Bowslug, are you, st- are you sitting down? I said, no. He said, sit down. And he told me that he'd made contact and that we were going east. Well, but, and but, but Aaron, I want I have but it's to Aaron's say persistence. Well, but I have to say, and obviously, when we were in that first room at the Star of Hope, uh, there's a thick binder. It was labeled Newcastle, Henry County, and because I think our eyes were glazed over, <laughs> not, neither of us picked it up. But there's uh, a particular person out there that'll let you know that. I mean, Ruth Hayworth had done some groundwork. Um, Mr. John Dickey, uh, when we had the show at the Art Center, brought a, a note that he had received from Robert Indiana. So I'm not anywhere close to the first person to reaching out to him, and I could never tell you why we finally got that back. I'd, I'd imagine it's because he knew he was towards the end of his life and wanted to come around full circle. But, I mean, there's so many people in our community that had uh, you know, laid that groundwork, I think. So, cool. Yeah, I mean, this guy's the encyclopedia for and, sure. And Aaron carried the, the ball over the goal line, and it, it was <laughs> it was a touchdown. It was, it was we were well received, and everything you'd read about Robert, he was cantankerous, he was moody, he would stiff people like the president of the United States, like uh, uh, the Today Show. For three days, they were stiffed on the island, couldn't talk to him. Uh, but we got in, and again, it was uh, it was Aaron Dickin that did it. <laughs> 
he was he was the guy that got the door open. That's so, awesome. So let's let's learn about his background a little bit, and then lead up to uh, if we can lead yeah. up to his trip, okay. your trip that you took up there. Like like I said, this guy, I mean, Mr. Bowslog, and I call him Mr. Bowslog because he was my elementary school principal. He spent uh, a lot of time in the office. That's right. For good yeah. stuff. No, no, he's a good kid. It's for good stuff. Um, I mean, literally knows almost everything there is to know. So I'm just going to sit back. So what do you want to know again? <laughs> so, I guess he, he was born in Newcastle but didn't live here long, didn't go to school here. No, he uh, was here just for a, a short period of time, maybe an hour or two. Went to Richmond, and he was uh, living with uh, friends of his biological mother. And uh, for about six months, and then he was adopted by uh, Earl and Carmen Clark from Indianapolis. And that's where he grew up, uh, Indianapolis, until he graduated from Arsenal Tech High School. But uh, he said, uh, one, if you could use one word to describe his life, one word would be struggle. And uh, his adoptive parents loved him. There's no doubt about that. Though love was never used in the home. It was hug. <laughs> Give me a hug. Don't I, I love you, son. Give me a hug. But... Uh, you know, he, he grew up just like most little kids. He, you know, he had toys to play with, and, and they made sure he had uh, materials to write and draw with. His father worked for an oil company, and later he, he worked with Phillips 66. And that plays really big into, into Bobby's life. Bob's. Bobby, like I know Bobby. Bobby's life. Little Bobby's <laughs> life. <laughs> We're basically best friends. Yeah. But, uh, you know, this this was in the, you know, the late 20s, early 30s. But every day they would go to his dad's workplace in Midtown Indianapolis, Phillips 66, and he'd look up in the sky, and there's this beautiful red and green Phillips 66 sign with all this nice uh, gardening work below it, beautiful blue sky above it. And that, that was kind of ingrained in his mind, this, uh, you know, just going to see Dad, and he was impressed with that sign and other things, of course. But uh, eventually he was of school age, and uh, he was too ill to start first grade, so they moved to Mooresville, Indiana. That's also the uh, hometown of John Dillinger. You know, you guys know who John Dillinger is? I do. <laughs> Bank robber. Okay. Yeah. More so bus up. driver for the Newcastle <laughs> school system. But anyway. uh, <laughs> Not the same one. Yeah. Not the Mo- same John. Mooresville. That's the hometown of uh, my bride-to-be, Sarah, the lovely Sarah Potter. Uh, and uh, that's where the Indiana State flag was designed. I don't know if you really? know that. I that's the, home, know that. the birthplace yeah. of the Indiana State flag wow. is Mooresville. So, yeah. I, I'm familiar with Mooresville. Okay. But anyway, so he... he uh, he starts his education in the first grade at Mooresville. His teacher's name's Mrs. Ruth Kaufman. She was Miss then, Miss Ruth Kaufman, and uh, had a wonderful year. But uh, he would bring in his artwork and give it to her and share it with her. And at the end of the year, she said, Bobby, would you mind if I kept some of your artwork? I know that someday you're going to be a great artist. And that just that set with him. And he knew at that point that that, that was his destiny. You know, his parents had mentioned about being an artist, and his parents said, artists live in attics and, and eat bean soup. And uh, not too many years ago in an interview, he said, I have an attic, fourth floor. I love it. I love to be up there, and I love bean soup. But um, that, was, that, that was probably the, his first inspiration was from his teacher, who he later met uh, several years ago. Uh, he came back home, looked her up, and uh, she was older then and married, and uh, she said, uh, you know, cup of coffee, sure. And she said, just a minute, I'm going to get something. And she went into the bedroom and brought some of his artwork out and said, would you sign these with your new name? Instead of Bobby Clark, it's Robert Indiana. And so, you know, it's, uh, and then he invited her later to New York, and she got to go see his world in New York. 
Oh, that's really cool. And those three images, and and I'll give the website to my blog, in his studio on the bottom floor of his yeah. house, he's, I mean, those three, he still has those three pictures, and he's blown them up to about, I mean, four foot by five foot. It's impressive. <laughs> yeah, the, the picture that John Dickey, he alluded to Dr. Dickey, uh, that Bob had given, or that had signed, was a, an old first grade or sixth grade uh, print that was called uh, Hero. And he drew that. He'd heard the story in first grade of the little boy that stuck his thumb in the dike and saved all the villagers. And so he drew a picture of the hero, and then there was a mother pulling a child in a wagon, and it was his first use of words in his artwork, and it was rum run. And nobody knows to this day what that meant, (laughs) rum run, unless my dad was a rum drinker. (laughs) He's a rum runner, man. The bootlegger. Running rum, man. (laughs) He was born in 1928, so that's the middle of the prohibition. Mm -hmm. So. I mean, I'm not saying anything, but his parents definitely remembered what it was like to be in Prohibition-era America. So he probably had some stories. I'm sure there's inspiration from that. It was also, uh, he lived during the Great Depression. Yeah. And as a child, uh, as times got worse and worse, the homes he lived in got worse. They moved constantly. They were a peripatetic family, and they moved all the time. It was for economic reasons. Instead of stepping up in your home, they were stepping down. And before he was out of high school, he'd moved 21 times. Now, did his adopted parents end up getting uh, divorced? And, yeah, 1938. Yeah, uh, lived with his uh, mother most of the time, right? Right. Carmen's uh, sister had killed their stepmother up in yeah, South Bend. South Bend. <laughs> and she was testifying at the trial. And Earl, who was always looking for a better model in cars, found Sylvia, a better model in women, and uh, <laughs> kind of took off with her. So, Well, and speaking of Richmond um, – Throughout this entire journey, uh, you know, being the director at the Art Center, I made a relationship with Sean Dingworth, who is the director of the Richmond Art Museum. Um, and I think that he had made contact with some of uh, Bob's biological family there, and we had tried to kind of connect them, but that's a delicate situation, and I don't know whatever came of it because I just kind of turned it over, but interesting fact. Yeah. It's a <laughs> – yeah, I, 70, 80 years old. Yeah. Do, you, do you want to be Haven't connected talked to, to them yeah. and however many? Yeah. That's, that, could, that could go either way. That's I, re- I really hope that one day there's some people podcasting about me after I die. <laughs> you, you will have made it. <laughs> I mean, you won't know it, but. <laughs> Remember, he got that awesome backpack? Yeah. 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 Episode 64, yeah. Back in, to, the backpack episode. In, yeah. uh, in 2018, Dakota went and got a backpack, and he loved that. <laughs> and made he called it the, the Cadillac. Podcaster. Yeah. He called it wasn't it the, the Lincoln, it was the Cadillac. Yeah, <laughs> the Cadillac of backpack. GM guy. Uh, so uh, I'm, just going, I'm just trying to cycle us back to talking about Robert Indiana. Um, he, whenever he was in high school, he got a scholarship to go to uh, art school in Indianapolis. Or was that, or was that post-high school? That was post-high school. Okay. He attended John Heron uh, draw, uh, drawing classes. But anyway, uh, back to little Bob. He was sort of in charge of his life. He had parents that he he said they were a little dull. Uh, so, I mean, he made his own scrapbook, and he has it to – well, he's dead now, but he, it's, he the, it's, it. it's, it's in his star of hope. But he kept uh, – he was a keeper of things. He didn't let go of anything. But he had a scrapbook, and it was made with Phillips 66 uh, stationery, and then he glued his uh, collages – made a collage out of each page. But, but – uh, and it was – you know, like the perfect world. He had cut things out of magazines, uh, furniture, things that he wished he had. Every time he moved house uh, to a different house, the furniture moved with him. 
And that was for 18 years or whatever. The furniture, when his mother finally died in Columbus in 1949, that was the same furniture they had in, that he can remember. Well, and I don't know if we said that. He moved 21 times yeah. within however many years. years. Yeah, which is insane. Yeah, that's crazy. As an as no. elementary school principal, that would be a nightmare. You know, kids right. coming in and out, in and out, in and well, out. Well, I mean, we still have people like that yeah. today. But he was, uh, you know, when uh, his father left with Sylvia, they moved into Indianapolis. He was, they were living in Cumberland, which is just he east said. of Indianapolis. And he was attending Lawrence uh, Middle School. And uh, he had heard about Arsenal Tech. He loved art, but there was no art in the, in the country schools. Arsenal Tech had 12 artists on staff, 12. And it, was an out, it had an outstanding uh, academic reputation. And he was an, out, he was a, an academian, so he, was, uh, he wanted the best for himself. He had to make a choice, live with mother and, 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 and not have that opportunity or go with dad and Sylvia, his dreaded stepmother, and persevere and, and go to a good high school. And he had to make that choice. And, and the stipulation was you don't see your mother, and he didn't for two years. But he excelled at Arsenal Tech. He was valedictorian of the class. He was involved in all kinds of activities. He had the best instructors you could get probably in Indianapolis. And his watercolorist was Sarah Bard from Philadelphia. And she's the one that encouraged him when he got his scholarship to uh, John Heron after high school to give that up and go into the uh, military and try to be eligible for the GI Bill and get four or five years of free college. And that's what he did. He went, okay, he went so into the, the Air Force. The military was to try to take advantage of the GI Bill. It was, it was an economic move. Oh, okay. And it gave him, wow. it gave wow. him a better opportunity for a better education. Oh, that's really interesting. But that was in 1946. It was the U.S. Uh, Army Air Corps then. 47, so it became the Just Air after Force. the war, he basically he was able to. He, right. He, he, timing worked out that he didn't. He, it was basically just barely into a time of peace before Korea. But he was a, 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 an excellent painter. If you, I don't know if you've seen any of his uh, early works from high yeah. school. His, his oil works, right? He he painted oil, a lot of watercolor and oil. Yeah. Well, I think of it as the non-hard edge. You know, the Robert Indiana we know is very straight, rigid, boxy mm-hmm. type. He's a realist, a figurative, yeah. figurative painter, and he, yeah, he, he, he had he, a lot of different talents. He had, like, <coughs> oh, sorry, a lot of different artists have have their niche, right? So you you do what you what you know you're good at, and you stick to it. Um, he kind of did that later on in his life, but he he experimented a lot, and it seemed like he excelled at everything that he that he put his hands on, which is what I think makes him really interesting as a person, because it, it he's he just seems like one of those people that whenever he picked something up to try it, he was like immediately good at it. Right, he was in charge of his destiny. I mean, he he had it in his own hands. He knew, and he went through hardship to get there, but he did it. Well, I think, I mean, testament to that is when he lived on Coeni Slip in New York, um, and the art that he was making at that point were those herms, those wooden Mm -hmm. columns, Um, and all of that art was based or used, he used things that he found there on the slip and was just basically repurposing it. Oh, wow, cool. I didn't know that, but those herms are really awesome. I think it was an old sail-making shop. or Yeah, loft shop, sail shop, mariner. And now we all just make stuff out of pallets. I mean, he's Same basically thing. chip yeah. gains. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, uh, he would have been awesome at Pinterest. He would have. <laughs> Back, you know, after uh, post high school, he did three years in, in the military. Hated every minute of it. Uh, his last tour was in Alaska in 1949. He went to California. That's where Earl and Sylvia were living, 
saw his dad for the last time, and they were this is here and I were in on the first floor uh, talking to him about May West, and uh, he said that he and his dad were driving up Observatory Hill behind this nice car, and all of a sudden a lady gets out, goes into the bushes to relieve herself. What was the the actress May West, and uh, and, and uh, that was a funny little story that he told. And we that's that's the only video that I I mean really had yeah. and it's on that blog and all he, he was, he was on a tear then he was oh yeah but uh, it was also the last time he ever saw his father wow in forty nine and of course, well, later think, he died in sixty five did he do something with the newspaper when he yeah. was stationed in Anchorage yeah, when he was in Anchorage he he uh, uh, took over the Sourdough Sentinel newspaper made it the biggest newspaper in Alaska which probably wouldn't be too hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like having the biggest podcast in no, Henry County, Indiana. Yeah, it's <laughs> the hardest to find part of podcast in yeah. Indiana. Very secretive. But it, yeah, it was in Alaska. Uh, he he became ill and he had to go to the Aleutian Islands. I still think it was punishment. When he got off the plane, it was a terrible plane ride. It was terribly cold and wet and windy, and they gave him a fishing pole and said, "Get your lunch." And he wasn't too fond with the military at that point. But <laughs> it wasn't too many weeks later that uh, he got a call that his mother was dying, and he had to go back into the stateside and, and uh, see his mother. And Aaron knows that story. Yeah, well, and I mean, that's a good segue into, you know, uh, the background of his different pieces. Um, you know, we have the eat sign at the early bird diner there on Robert Indiana Parkway. And... uh that's a reference to the last word that his mother said was eat. And it's a paired, and I can't remember the proper art term for Dip, it. Diptych. Diptych. Uh, not a dipstick. But, uh, <laughs> I feel those out there on HM. <laughs> <laughs> but it was eat, die. It's because that was the last thing she said. And that's, I mean, a lot of his art, I mean, you, almost in everything, you can see some kind of autobiographical reference. Um, he has the... Uh, decade auto portraits, which is a series of geometric shapes. Um, and there's words and references to things throughout his life. Um, the eat die and, you know, Dick hit on the love painting here. That is the, uh, Philip 66 colors, uh, with the green grass and the red and the blue. And so, I mean, it was all, uh, autobiographical to some extent. So he calls himself, he called himself a sign painter. It it was, was interesting. And that painter of signs. Yeah. Um, and the it, signs were sometimes uh, covert, sometimes overt, sometimes uh, whimsical, but uh, a lot of hidden meaning in some of his signs. Just like this. Uh, Can you all see it? <laughs> <laughs> That's a podcast. We have to use words yeah. to describe it. Too. Now, this yeah. is a decade auto portrait, 1965. It was done in 72. But it has. Uh, it says uh, Indiana, and it's, it's, re- it's a star, and it's got the number five in the center. Uh, it's red, white, and blue. And it says Indiana at the bottom. What's about spring? It says spring on the side with an Chief arrow pointing up. Chief Washington. Washington arrows pointing And it's got down. arrows circling clockwise. Yep. And there's a... Let's there's get a, another one. This is fun. Well, get another a, one. These boys are good. <laughs> what, do, what do you see in there? What you have to see, though, there's the the hidden one in there as well. It looks like right, the Texaco right. star. Yeah. Okay. What all they what they talked about, the, the Washington is... In 65, he made a trip to Washington, D.C. <laughs> to see... President Lyndon Johnson, thus the word chief, which was from an ah. earlier art piece that he had done. Okay. The commander-in-chief. Spring with an upward arrow means I'm leaving Quinte Slip in 1965 and moving up to Spring Street on the Bowery, up 
north of in Manhattan. And then Washington, well, I did Washington. So anyway. All right. Yeah. What's next? What's the next one you got? <laughs> Describing art for a thousand, Alex. <laughs> hey, do you have you? I think you have the American Dream number one. Yes, I do. Which is the, I mean, big piece that, uh, at yeah, the yeah, modern yeah. Uh, Museum of Art. I was there last week, and I still Museum didn't get of to modern see art. It. Sorry. Yeah. But there's a story about this one that we tried to ask him when on our visit, and he said, "I don't recall," which he said a lot on that trip. But yeah, this, yeah see, I've never I saw the. So we've got we have a uh, yep. four circles. Let Dakota do this. Yeah. Oh yeah, go ahead, Dakota. Okay. Go Dakota. So I'm, am I describing it or am I saying what I see? You're describing like, what you ooh, see. A little both. Mm, a little bit. It's your show. Do what you want. I don't know. <laughs> All right, so in the uh, how many circles, Dakota? Well, there's well, <laughs> well and that's and that's a good point. And, and now how are they laid out? Now we're getting deep because to, there's uh, there's technically water, <laughs> there's technically four big circles, but there's um, other size circles there are, inside. There are of circles them. inserted in right. It. Yeah. Well, and if you show the camera there, I yeah, mean, a it. lot of his pieces were laid out that way. And if you notice with the love. With L O on top and the V and E. Yeah, so he got, he has a lot of work in quadrants. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. All right, so Dakota, what what, what is this one called? This is the sixth American Dream or the, the American first American Dream? Dream? This the is American Dream. Dream. And then it became the American Dream number one. Okay. Yeah. Made this two. is the original. So you've got in the top left, you have your anarchy circle, the black and yellow, and yep. it says thirty-seven, forty, sixty-six, and twenty-nine. Those are the roads that his father traveled to work. Ah, oh, those are Indiana roads. And then uh, we have the Aaron Dickens circle here, the which is uh, red, white, and blue, and it says take all. And yep. it, it looks yep. like a target Cut almost. Your grass. Yep. And then the bottom left uh, quadrant is numbers one, two, three, four, and five, all in stars, arranged in a, in a star pattern. There's a, and it uh, says tilt. I assume that's for the tilted kilt that would come later. No. <laughs> that's uh, They did a lot of road traveling. They were in the car probably more than their home. And lots of filling stations and, and diners had... Pinball machines. Ah. Tilt for you younger people. If you moved it too much, it would tilt, and you would be done. And you lose. Huh. And then the four, the bottom right quadrant, the down there in, in the southeast, is uh, American, the American Dream, and it's another star uh, with an out with a circle radiating out of it, but then it's also yeah, it's framed a, in by a star. Square. Yeah, exactly. Inside a square. Yeah. Now here's with my circle, question. There's just so much going on. This is a palimpsest. It's a, a painting over a painting. Do you know what's underneath this painting? Uh, I have a hundred dollar bill here for anybody that can answer that. There's question. a sculpture <laughs> underneath of this no. painting. <laughs> <laughs> it's the love sculpture. Is it a roadway? Oh. <laughs> is it is it is it uh, traffic lanes? No, it's art. It can be whatever I want it to be, Dick. <laughs> <laughs> it was this very simple. One hundred dollars, please. <laughs> Two or four white circles on a green ground, with a kind of a, a wavy line, a wavy divided line in between. That was to commemorate. An earthquake in Agadir, Morocco, killed fifty thousand or five thousand people. I don't buy it. But well, no that 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 was that was the, the the obvious thing. But he also had a very good friend named Ellsworth Kelly, and they had just kind of split over the printed word. Okay. Ellsworth said, "If you can put words on your canvas, goodbye." And this was representing the split between the two of them. They were very close. Ellsworth was his mentor. Probably the most influential person in, in Robert Indiana's life was Ellsworth Kelly. And he left Second because, be he, had, because he wanted to put uh, words. Right. Ellsworth was hard edge, bright colors, right out of the tube. Bob Indiana was doing that, but he added words. He right. uses a lot of colors. He uses a lot of letters. Not not words, but just letters in general. He's got big block letters in, in what he's doing. Um, 
and that's it's Poppart. I mean, he's he's like the founder, and he doesn't apparently he, yeah, like the he, term, <laughs> but he was the like the 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 front line guy for Poppart, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. and Dick referenced the roads on that top left circle, and that's something that I mean blew my mind because everybody knows the love sculpture, and I mean even you can look at these auto portraits and all this stuff, but what really blew me away was the number one Newcastle painting. Have you seen that one? No. It's, did you bring art for it? I did at? not. Yeah. I about did, but I then thought I thought bringing... I know uh, it, it's referenced a lot on the blog too. But uh, it's got Newcastle in that stencil block lettering in the bottom, and different color browns that are supposed to represent soil, like farming, um, and then a circle with the number thirty-eight in it, um, which okay, we've yes. always really liked. Yes, uh, yeah, that, and I think it's, is there a Blue River reference in it? Yeah, I think so. Big yeah, blue. Yeah, big blue. Yeah. blue, right. Yeah, right. so it, it, that was Number his work one, well. obviously, because this isn't that's a, where he started. This is actually his. Right. Okay. He did that so in what's your, 1969 uh, is when he painted what's your, what's your blog, Aaron? Uh, the blog is from Indiana with love you know, dot wordpress.com. Um, it, it, I mean, from the beginning of planning this whole journey to I mean, even today, uh, the connections I've made, like the guy that owns the Mecca floor and um, things like that are referenced uh, on that blog. So if you're not aware of the story or you just kind of want to relive it, because I just realized we're about three years out exactly from the day that we left. I think we left tomorrow um, in 2015. So that's interesting. Good timing. You've got to realize, too, uh, the materials he had. First of all, you know, he excelled at the uh, Art Institute of Chicago. He got a, He won a scholarship, uh, a traveling scholarship to the University of Edinburgh in Scotland and also University of London for a, a few weeks, a special study. Came home to New York. He had to borrow money from the embassy, U.S. Embassy, to get back to uh, New York. His plans were to go back to Chicago. That was going to be his hometown. Home. He got to New York, and there was no money to get him back to Chicago. <laughs> so he stayed in New York, and he was dirt poor. He got a place for $7 a week, uh, and he he was literally, not literally, but he was starving. Uh, starving artist in New York. Was. Perfect he place. wasn't an artist then. At that time, he was he, he was working with art, but poetry was probably his passion at that time. And it wasn't wow. until 1956 that art won out. I didn't even know that he did poetry. Oh, it's, it's beautiful poetry. I'm going to have uh, to look it up now. But he was a sellout and took the art money instead. <laughs> But it, when he got to New York, he had nothing, and he, again, he had to. He finally found a, a job at Friedrichs on West Fifty Seventh Street, and they sold art supplies. And that's where he met met Ellsworth Kelly. He came in one day, and wanted a postcard, uh, Matisse's uh, Still Life with Oysters. And Bob, at that time, was in charge of the window displays, so he got him the postcard. They 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 talked. Uh, they, they liked one another's company, and and he said, "There's a place on Fuente Slip, Southern Manhattan." old abandoned buildings, and Fred Mitchell is moving out of number 31. He's an, another artist. And he said, are you interested? It was $20, $28 a month, something like that, or $25 a month. Four times the money, man. That's, and, big, um, that's a big upgrade. It was 35 but if you if you put the windows in yourself and replace the windows, it's 25 a month. Bob was a good carpenter. And he, he did carpentry work, carpentry work for lots of artists on the slip. But anyway, he he got that place because of his connection with Ellsworth Kelly. He also met James Rosenquist. I don't know if you know him or not. Another great mm-hmm. pop artist. He just died last year, and uh, he met him, and uh, he encouraged James to come down and join the colony. So they had a colony there, and they just they didn't socialize a lot, but they 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 bounced things off of one another. 
and and you're talking about Bob finding his his style, his technique. You know, he, again, he was a realist, and then with Ellsworth, he's going into hard edge, and uh, symmetry lines. He he, he went into colors. abstraction. Uh, Jack Youngerman was doing that, and he thought too much like Jack. He was going into circles. This guy had no money to buy oil, no money to buy paintbrushes, basically, or canvas. So what did he do? Like Aaron said, he he looked for detritus, which is debris that's just you know, raised buildings and all that debris. And he would, by day, he'd go out and look and, oh, here's a nice column. Here's a nice beam. Pick it up and at night. at night, he'd go out with <laughs> other artists and they'd see who could get it. And uh, he'd cut it in half and drag it up three three floors and begin working on it. Wow, but, that's But it was out of necessity. Yeah. Uh, all those, and those arms are beautiful. But it was out of necessity because he had no money for canvas, no money for paint. And and mm. you know it's 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 an amazing story and it's again it's struggle but he persevered and he in the end he won. Yeah. So he worked in a number of dimensions, I guess, kind of like uh, Remington did. He did sculptures and and not just not just canvas work. He worked yeah. in all different mediums. And about everybody was doing a, assemblage uh, or and sculpture at that time. They were they were going to the uh, the dumpsters and getting uh, thrown away materials and making art out of them, like Robert Rauschenberg. Magnificent, but uh, and Indiana did it, and and Ellsworth Kelly did it, and Agnes Martin did it. All these people. So he he also dabbled in uh, in doing like stamps. So like uh, where you take uh, cork cork board and kind of carve it out and make a make a print stamp out of it. And I think that that was uh, that's kind of uh, I mean whenever I was looking on the the Robert Indiana website, um, it was like you're seeing all of the. It was all—all all of his artwork was laid out by time, right? So it's—it's it's laid out by when it, it was put out, and because um, I've dabbled in, in 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 doing the carving and the stamps, I've, I've done that, and some of that—it's really really difficult. Okay, it's like really hard, and he—it looked like he did a stint where he did like five pieces, and then that's whenever he started moving on to the print work. Like the the love the love sculpture it was like in the early early sixties he started doing that, which I thought was really interesting because obviously if you're carving um, the lines are are very important keeping things clean, and then he moved on to that that print style where everything was really clean. Yeah, so most most of the carving was done in fifty one fifty two early okay. at, at Chicago. All right, a lot yeah. of that was done yeah. in Chicago. So, did he have one piece of art that just was a rocket ship to fame? That, that one right there. That was it. The American Dream. The American Dream. Alfred Barr. He was he was doing a two man show in the basement of a gallery, and uh, they didn't sell a thing. And he had this American Dream uh, painting, and Alfred Barr, who was with the Museum of Modern Art, went down and looked at it, and it just was mesmerizing. He didn't know why he liked it, but he bought it. And almost overnight, Robert in, Robert Indiana was famous. I mean, he was, and he was the cutting edge of the pop artists. He was considered like uh, one of the pop kings for a while, but then he divorced himself from that. He said, "I'm a painter of signs. I'm hard edge. I'm not a pop artist." Hmm. He, he didn't want to be associated with Andy Warhol. You saw his movie yeah. Eat. Yeah, Eat. <laughs> Most interesting movie. So he did. <laughs> yeah. So uh, those of you who don't know, Andy uh, Warhol was. Uh, uh, he uh, produced a film with uh, Robert Indiana as the star. He was the star of the show. Um, the cat was the co-star. Yeah, <laughs> the cat was the co-star. Uh, is the, was the mushroom a third star? 
Yeah. Is it credited? Know. So it's yeah. it's 45 minutes of it's, him eating it's a mushroom. It's 45 minutes of him eating <laughs> a portobello mushroom cap uh, in silence. Yeah. Did you it's, watch it? I, Have you I, watched did, it? I actually did after you said that. I hadn't watched <laughs> it up to that point, but I knew what it was about. Uh-huh. And if you want to test your comfort level, because I think watching oh, yeah. somebody eat is one thing, but watching somebody eat while you're making eye contact and that's it. On film? Is just yeah. like incredibly it's awkward. It's so awkward. Like it, but I mean, that's there watching art's all your... about the movement. Yeah. And I mean, that's a, an emotion they're trying to evoke, you know? You're watching it there on your computer and it's just the most uncomfortable thing. <laughs> Everyone should experience. watch it. I'm googling it right now. I didn't look at it earlier, at so I'm least, just gonna get creeped out. At least year. try to make it five minutes. When he went yeah. to Andy's for the shoot at the factory, uh, he thought he was going to eat like food. So he he went to the grocery and got beautiful vegetables and fruits, and he was ready to eat for 45 minutes. And then Andy said, "Here, eat this mushroom," <laughs> and he was very upset. By the way, the cat's name was Partici. Oh, I knew you would know. As soon as <laughs> I said the cat, Partici. I knew. Huh. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's the cat. The mushroom had no name. Well, Portobello. <laughs> Portobello. Oh. I mean, I like Portobello it's, mushrooms, too. So this film is uh, it's 39 minutes on YouTube, and it's, it's lit from the side, Dakota. So he's got one side of his face is dark and one side is light. And he's just sitting there. I don't know. I don't know if he's stoned or not, but he's sitting there holding a, holding a tiny little mushroom cap in his hand. And he's wearing a hat. And just ever so slowly <laughs> looking at it, takes He's a bite, turns his head, chewing waiting. so slowly. It's uh, while making eye contact with the camera. That I'm was, gonna. That was 1964. Did you guys bring a mushroom when you saw him? Say, hey, let's reenact this thing. No, I did though. <laughs> we would get thrown out. <laughs> I did though. Take uh, two cigars. Because yes. I had seen pictures of him smoking cigars. One of them is uh, by, I think that was a sale repair building, or I guess it used to be the theater. Uh, we got to see the outside of it and could only imagine inside of it were, you know, his sculptures and just another workspace. Uh, but I had seen him, you know, smoking cigars. I should have thought, you know, at 85, 86 years old, he wouldn't be smoking <laughs> a cigar with me. But a boy can dream. <laughs> you smoked it outside the hotel. Yeah, yeah. I think the the night before we left, I think we did another walk around in the neighborhood because the island is such a. I mean, so let's 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 let's, let's bring a doom. Okay, let's let's talk about. Obviously, you know, there's there's two. I guess two points between now and then. I guess the love sculpture, which is like the most famous piece of art he has. Right. At some point, he made that painting, and then it turned into a sculpture, which is all over the world now. Right. Yeah. Um, but the, the original at I at the a, IMA, the, the and it's now been moved inside. Been so in, yeah, really. The two love sculptures in Newcastle are the only love sculptures in Indiana that are outside that you can get to. Really? Interesting thought. Interesting. The, uh, the sixth American free. dream is more controversial. Are you are you okay with them the, uh, um, moving sculptures like that? The, the X. Monuments? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a little different context there, Jeremy. <laughs> Just ask. <laughs> yeah, the, this, uh, the sixth American dream is on the uh, wall on the Arts Center. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, uh, that, Mr. Uh, Ed White Tarantino. And Tarantino painted. Yeah. And I've already had uh, a couple calls on that. Uh, six, there's, uh, you can see six, six, six. The oh, number yeah. of the and beast. If you, if you're, oh yes. Well, and the there's USA there. die. Yes, USA <laughs> die. But uh, they were wondering what that was all about, and what that is all about is his father. Uh, Earl was the sixth child, born in the month of June, the sixth month, and when he left to go to California, he took Route 66. So there's all sixes. And along the way, there was a, a, a tonic called uh, syrup, a 666, 666 cough syrup. 
very popular at the time. So all those are references to the time. And there's there's nothing diabolical. Ed and Steve were doing the right thing. <laughs> there's there's nothing uh, to to scare this community. So Dakota's holding it up on the on the screen. It is it's it is questionable. Be very difficult to uh, see to people that don't know or haven't seen it. And it also says USA ERR. Er, error. Error. Yeah, he What's is, wrong with America, Dick? Why, uh, why, why is it it also error? says USA hug. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, okay. Let, let me. Okay. There, there, how many? There are four words there, right? Yeah. It's yep. uh, Air means sin. Eat means survival. Die means existence. And what's the other one there? Hug. Hug means love. Those are the four words that he repeats throughout his art. And those are. Uh, it's pretty cool, actually. And, and all those words, believe it or not, go back to his poverty on Coente's slip and his little loft that he rented. He found these stencils, old brass shipping stencils. And th- he used those all of his life. And when he did the herms, he could only get like three or four-letter words on those herms. And so he had to abbreviate or use, or use short words. And It's so he, typical in his work that right. where they're very and so short. So air became sin and, and uh, die became existence yep Uh, yeah i i wondered that same thing whenever i first saw the 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 painting out there i'd never seen it before and i saw it on the uh the art association's building and i was like ah what the 666 i'm like uh, artists i'm like singing black sabbath (laughs) (laughs) all right the beast so let's (laughs) <laughs> that those are the, the the pieces of art, and it, we kind of alluded to it earlier in the show. But let's let's talk about it. Once again, it's Boss Hog Liberty Podcast. Jeremiah Moore, Dakota Davis, Dick Bouslog, and Aaron Dickin. Uh, and in 2015, you guys talked your way into an invitation to uh, to visit. <laughs> Aaron did Vinyl Haven, <laughs> Maine, right? Which is not an easy destination. No, it's an hour ferry ride off of uh, Rockland, Maine, which is a two hour drive north from <clears throat> Portland. Uh, but so, it was a nice little trip. So it's planes, trains, and automobiles to get, absolutely to even get to Maine from here. There's no direct planes, flight from Indianapolis uh, to Portland. Planes, but, automobiles, and ferries. But yeah, yeah, you're right. So <laughs> how, you got an invitation, and it, I guess did you talk to his people? Did he mail you a letter and say, well, "Yeah, show up in June"? What? I mean, the whole thing. I mean, it was almost divine. Uh, people at the art association supported this goal. Um, knew it was probably lofty. But uh, Angie Dishman, who does a lot of the education at the Art Center, um, suggested writing a letter to the post office on Vinyl Haven. Um, and come to find out now that we're there, it's literally across the alley from his house. <laughs> so that's <laughs> why it worked. Yeah. So I did that, and I just started sending letters. You know, we never got anything back. And then one day um, I had a slip to pick something, off at the po- uh, pick something up at the post office, and I got it. It was a big envelope, and I looked at the return address, and it was uh, Star of Hope. and Which uh, is the name of his residence. Which is the name of his residence, his studio, um, since the 70s. Uh, I walked across the street to the courier and opened it up there because I knew that it was going to be a big deal and uh, called Dick. And, I mean, it was just an incredible feeling. Um, so after that, you know, some time passed. I continued to write letters. Uh, and I guess I should say in that envelope was a letter that uh, – said you know something about his ho- long ago hometown was this um, was written by him or one of his people? this is written by him with his signature at the bottom and so i kicked myself because uh 
Mark Orr had given me a book to take up, and I thought, you know, I'll take it. And if I get the chance, I mean, I was expect we were both expecting this, you know, kind of grumpy old man. I thought I probably won't get a chance to get it signed. I did get it signed, and now I've told Mark. I said I'm kind of kicking myself because I didn't get anything signed. Um, but I have that letter, which I think is really special. Um, there was a few photos in there: the original love sculpture, um, his house, the Star of Hope, and uh, a picture that I mean is. It, it probably needs to be given to the historical society or a print of it of uh, him sitting at the base of the uh, civil war memorial on the courthouse lawn. Yeah. Um, from what we can detect, that was about April to the April 9th, 2002. Right. They were dedicating the Indiana obelisk from the state museum. Frank O'Bannon, uh, the governor at the time, uh, dedicated Democrat. Democrat Dem- exactly. <laughs> Uh, Frank. <laughs> the last elected uh, Democrat governor Indiana's had. Still waiting on our next libertarian. To it's hard to top him. Um, Great basketball yeah. player. <laughs> but uh, designated that Robert Indiana Day. And so, you know, we had heard a story in 2001, September 11th. He was in New York uh, when the towers fell. I think was supposed to be in the towers. Was he not or had just left? Yeah, he was staying in Chelsea, which is lower Manhattan. And he had uh, an appointment while he was going to fly to Paris for the Marilyn Monroe exhibit. He had several paintings that he was going to show, in the Mer- and he had T-shirts designed and made, and they were on the 10th, 110th floor of the World Trade Center. And he was to pick them up that morning before he flew out. But he needed money. He, he wanted to pay cash, so he went to the bank to get cash. And while he was there, mm. uh, the attack occurred, and that just, wow. that just uh, startled him. Yeah, he was shaken tremendously. Because he could have been up there, right? Uh, one of those names on the on the memorial. But uh, he immediately, as, as soon as he could, went back to Vinylhaven, painted a, a large painting called Afghanistan. Uh, he was extremely ups- upset with the terrorism, and uh, on the front of his Star of Hope, he had wooden sheets of plywood panels. Uh, they were gray and black, yeah, with stars, uh, you know, the geometric. And he he repainted those with American flags, and then he went behind uh, the house where he had a little a little shed, a little uh, building, and a post, a big uh, column that said Zeus, and he changed that to zero for ground zero. Oh. And he, he was uh, terribly shaken and became very patriotic until 2003. And, <laughs> and then didn't, and didn't fly uh, because never, of never that. Flew and so that's why we figure he, I mean, if he's going to Indianapolis, he's going to take in 70 from the east, <laughs> and that's why he ended up there. He but, saw the sign and stopped. Exactly. He said, hey, I know that place. But we saw Afghanistan, the painting. It's never been shown. Yeah, and which is a nod to his civil rights movement paintings that kind of uh, yeah. depict the South as. Yeah, this uh, right here. This, you guys would like this. So we have another one. It's a. Uh, Just as the anatomy of man, every nation. It's Alabama is the painting. Every I assume that's the name must, of the art. Must have its hind, hind part. part. And it's in so, pink, which is uh, flesh color or sort of flesh color. <laughs> But uh, Andy Warhol, I'm sure you remember those uh, those uh, silk screens that he did of race riots, you know, the dogs attacking the the, 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 uh, the African Americans. Bob Indiana went one step. I mean, that wasn't controversial. That just showed what was happening. Robert Indiana He's was pointing, very, truly pointing a finger at the state of Alabama. Oh, yeah. He was very upset. He well, was, and Mississippi, and I mean, there's several in that. He did four. He's going to do all 13 of the Confederate states, but that takes a lot of time to paint. So he did oh, yeah. he did Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, and Florida. And uh, he did those in 65. He was extreme. He was very conscious of what was going on down south, extremely upset. 
when he was living in Indianapolis and all those homes, he lived in integrated neighborhoods. So he, uh, he had empathy for those people that were being persecuted. You look at this artwork, and now you think this is something you would do in Photoshop really quickly, right? You know, or right. You know, lay it out, oh, and, I mean, and, yeah, and it looks like is. quick sign. Like it looks like. But that's where I mean he's a painter of signs. Right. That's a, the lettering is very. But it's very precise. Right. It's all his font, and that that particular art looks like stencil work. Which that's right. those stencils I think were weren't they those found are, on the slip too? Right. Coiny those, slip. Those, those are the brass stencils. That he and used. he had some of that work in his house too as well. But anyway, to circle back around, uh, that picture was also in that envelope. Um, continued sending letters, and then uh, you know we were closed on the art center's closed on Mondays. Came in on Tuesday, and we had a voicemail, and it uh, said, I can't even remember the name on it, but it was somebody who was an assistant of Robert Indiana's saying that, uh, you know, this is who we are. We're calling for Aaron Dickin, and they hung up. And I was like, why do we have to be close Mondays? <laughs> but caller ID gave you a phone number. And I've still got the screenshot with the number blurred out. said Robert Clark which I thought was just the most interesting thing because that was his you know, given name and the phone number. So I started calling in addition to my letters. And one afternoon, probably 4.45 before I left, uh, I called, was ready to leave another voice message like I had before, and uh, an old raspy voice answered. And I knew who it was, but I asked anyway um, and had a really giddy 15-minute conversation on my end, <laughs> probably not his, uh, 15-minute conversation. We talked about his art. We talked about Newcastle. I was running uh, for city council at the time. I'd mentioned that. Um, and, uh, I mean, it's just a really enjoyable conversation. I think I had asked him if he would be willing to come visit so that we could host him. And he said, you know, I'm, you know, I'm too old. I can't make that trip. I said, well, would you be open to us coming to you? And I imagine he thought, you know, these guys from Newcastle, <laughs> Indiana, are not going to make the trip to Vinyl Haven. And he said, of course. Um, and so, you know, I remember being in a hotel room in Chicago on a fam- little family getaway. And I was going back and forth. And I think I made call to you and said, hey, what are you doing on this th- in this week? I think I'm going to buy plane tickets. And I bought plane tickets. Uh, a lot of people contributed to that trip. Um, a lot of individuals that were members of the Art Association or just community members who, you know, believed in what we were doing. Um, organizations within the, the city. Because, I mean, it wasn't a cheap trip. Uh, the Art Association helped with it. Uh, but, I mean, monumental, I think, by any standard. Um, but that's how it all came about, and we ended up going there. You want to dive into yeah. like the actual? Yeah, I want to hear like you know <laughs> you, you land you land on the island, and uh, I, I'm picturing this is like uh, you know I, I guess they have cars there. You can drive. You rent a car. Cars, you get a taxi, cars. Uber. What's like that? I, said, I had a chauffeur. <laughs> that's that's you, right. You're in there. That's right. I've never been more paranoid to drive in my life. Uh, <laughs> so we landed in Portland, rented a car, drove up to uh, Rockland, which is, I mean, the, where you get on the ferry. Rockland's got a great uh, art museum, the Farnsworth Art Museum. They've got a lot of, obviously, uh, Robert Indiana pieces. So if you ever, are ever in that area, I mean, definitely check that out. And that's on the mainland. But uh, we landed, drove to Rockland, grabbed a bite to eat, had my first taste of lobster, which was an unfortunate high standard from now on. <laughs> That's the first time I had lobster. And then we you know, got on the ferry, pulled on, and there was about five inches on each side of the mirrors, and we got on Vinyl Haven. And I had kind of randomly picked this hotel. I looked at a map. I was trying to figure out, you know, okay, where's his house? Where? 
and I picked a motel that I thought, okay, maybe it's close. It was about right across the street from his house. It's the, <laughs> called the Tidewater Motel. They have a Facebook page. I'm going to plug a lot of these things. That's what I'm uh, plugging. Your Vinyl, Vinyl Haven, Haven seafood, seafood, which I just found out no just longer. now. They no longer make etouffee, but we'll get there. Um, so the Tidewater Motel, which is a little thing, we pull in, and it's like I, I kind of felt at home. We talked, you know, we drove around the island and explored a little bit on our days off. Uh, <laughs> How many days was your trip? Were you on the island two days, three we days? We took a full week trip. Yeah. So we traveled the, big, the first day and the last day, but the rest of the days we were on the island, which, retro, I mean, looking back in hindsight, we could have done a one day on Stalker the island. Stalker much? Yeah. <laughs> well, but the, the thinking was, the thinking was in, in failing health in old age, I wanted to make sure that. We needed to we had the chance, time. Yeah. you know, whenever, because I could see, okay, we're one day on the island. He feels bad that day. We blow it. We don't get to or see Or an invite to come back. Right, and that's kind of what it turned into, but um, we didn't get the invite back. But uh, everybody on the island was friendly, waved at each other, um, and when we pulled into the motel, and we were, I mean, just awestruck because it was right across the street from his house, uh, the owner pulls in behind us, like blocking us in, and says, hey, there's a package in your room, and there's a message on the uh, check-in desk uh, from one of Indiana's guys. I thought, wow, we just got here. Um, and it was Jamie who, uh, you know, was kind of our host that whole time on the island. Um, and he came, I called him, and he said, listen, I've got to go over and make Bob dinner. Uh, I'll get with, I'll connect with you in the morning. And he came over that morning. We talked for a little bit. He had to run and do some errands, came back, and then took us over. Um we were there for three hours. I mean, interject whenever, and you guys interject that's, that's with unprecedented. questions. Three hours with Bob Indiana, and that's and we could have stayed longer, but you could we, tell we he was exhausted. The, yeah, he was. Um, he he actually walked up those steep stairs and down with us, mm-hmm. and he didn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. Of course, he didn't have an elevator either, so I guess. Right, he did. Yeah. But he was he was uh, so anxious to show us his home, and and his artwork, and it, uh, he was such a gracious host, and you, you couldn't ask for a better guy. And, and you hear read all these stories about. The, and he, he probably is a prick, <laughs> but but we were, and again, Aaron brought gifts, and I think we may have been. I'm sure friend, other friends have brought gifts to him, but most of the people are trying to get something from Bob. Artwork, they want to be, a, they want to deal his work, and we went. You were a, just trying to rebuild a relationship. That's from a community, and he read that's that. The best way to say I think it. he read that immediately. That mm-hmm. these guys, and when we were done with the visit or the, the last day, Jamie, they came, they said Bob really liked you guys. And I thought, you know, that's that's a, that's a good testament. Well, and he, you know, I guess I cited the package, and he did too. I had gotten a box, a pretty big box, and I had just kind of reached out to the historical society, um, anybody that I thought would have meaningful gifts of home to give to Bob. Um, and so some of the things I put in there, I had a ceramic courthouse. I don't know if you've seen those at the historical society. He you loved plug them that. in. And, it, I mean, it's really well done. He had Jamie plug it in instantly in the room we were in. Um, I had uh, Daryl Radford and Doug Major's book about Henry County, the historical book, um, a painting book about Indiana plain air painting, and then I tried to get as many love shirts that I could. I knew the Newcastle <laughs> girls' tennis team had a love shirt. Uh, Newcastle Main Street had the Where Love Was Born. Uh, Sean Kitchell came up with that. Um, so we just tried to pack it all um, Included in that was a proclamation, which was read, I think, that first night we were on the island. But we had a copy that was nicely printed. We had it framed, thanks to Frost Framing. Um, And just we gave that to him because I thought, I want to do something special for him. 
And I think he recognized that when we gave that framed piece to him. Um, and at that time, I had a picture of Mayor York with the Robert Indiana Parkway sign that Kendra had sent to me that day before. Um, so I was able to show him that and kind of tell him, you know, what we were doing. I think that made a huge impression. And he on was him. he was supportive of this. He oh, wasn't. Yeah. yeah, he wasn't. Well, and that's the thing. You know, I've had some people uh, kind of pick at it a little bit because I understand from an outsider looking at it. You know, oh, you're just taking advantage of Robert Indiana. He knew from the very beginning what we were trying to do. We're not trying to make money on this. You know, I think in the show notes it had said what had been done. And when I was the director, all I knew of was the 8-inch by 8-inch love painting on the mural in the courthouse. I don't know if you've seen that, but it's kind of a pictorial history of Mm. the county, and there's a love painting in it. Steve Alford's bigger than that. Right, right. (laughs) And that's the only thing. Is it a – I I looked up on eBay while we were talking – uh, some Robert Indiana prints, and it, there's there's one from 1970 that he signed, and it's it's a love print, and it's uh, it's on there right now for twenty four thousand dollars. And I pro- that probably yeah. at least doubled yeah, I've, since I've been checking. last month. Um, I have several prints that I bought years ago. So now you can retire, Dick. Really retire. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell Donna. Well, you know, uh, back to knocking. We were the first. Uh, he, you know, waiting on someone to knock on his door, and and Aaron did the knocking. But five years, five years before that, my sister Lana and my wife Donna and I uh, went to Farnsworth. We took the ferry to Bob's place, and I, my intention was to knock on his door and meet. I just thought you might be able to meet him. Well, you don't. I, he didn't open the door. So, so you we, had been there before. Yeah, we went to the library, talked to Valerie, who we yeah. met, and she's hey, you're Aaron. She, yeah, she, she knew. She Aaron. knew just from uh, the correspondence. She knew he had to be Aaron because uh, I looked like some old grubby guy coming off a lobster <laughs> boat, but. Uh, we knocked, and I found out later, I just found out a few weeks ago, that uh, friends, there's a rock above the door. Yeah, I read and that. And if you grab the rock and use the code, whatever, he, he recognized at, at his age, he wouldn't have come down. But in his better in right. his prime years, he would have come down and opened the door because there was a friend at the door. And we knocked and knocked and went around the house, took gobs of pictures. Because, I mean, it's really a neat property. Well, it's, it's I mean, it's a historical house. It used to be the Oddfellas building on Vinyl Haven. It's still that top uh, floor is still he uses it as a ceremonial room. It's got like thrones in the corners, and I mean, has yeah, really the little neat. outlets in the floor for the probably yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. probably those four they're called boldachinos and they're, they're like draped right like, like right a, like a king would over sit the there. thrones right but it was for the ceremonies for the odd fellows. So we got in there, and uh, I I remember walking in and just being awestruck because it, it literally is a living museum, which is huge. That you know, in his will, he wants to turn his house into a museum because that's what it was right. at that point. I mean, his art everywhere. So we're looking around, and we hear this, you know, that same voice I heard on the phone up the stairs, uh, you know, asking who it was. And Jamie took us upstairs, and I had this huge box. He said, "Well, what's in the box?" <laughs> and they said, oh, let's go in this room. And he went through that box. We talked a little bit. Um, and I, afterwards, we talked and, I mean, just picked everything apart the next five days. <laughs> and uh, said, you know, that's probably his receiving room. And if things go well there, you move on, really. And it is. And so. The purple room. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and that's what, that's where the Newcastle Henry County binder was. There's art all around. He had um, love Chuck Taylors. He had love, like a collection of. I, I what think he calls I, the ripoffs. Yeah, the unregistered <laughs> uses of but he, love. But he would use it. He, he actually was interested in it. He collected it. it. He yeah, collected yeah. it. Yeah, or and people sent it to him and said, here's another ripoff. You know, right, and that was kind of my, 
And you gave him a box of it. Exactly. Well, and I had mentioned that. I said, I heard you collect unregistered uses, and he kind of chuckled. But we went upstairs, and uh, my mom, uh, the Heinball family, is notorious for making cookies, and they're from the Tri area. And uh, (laughs) so my mom made cookies and sent them up, and I said, Mom, I mean, what are – what's – really? We put them in the box, and we had them on the third floor (laughs) with our coffee. So that's interesting. Uh, And talked about anything. I mean, I remember – the one thing I remember is Dick asking him if the love painting came about because – or no, if the Beatles. the Beatles song, All You Need Is Love, came about because of the painting. And he said, I don't recall. And that was And then he said, his, that's a myth. Yeah. And it's not because I heard John Lennon in an interview say – he didn't know the, 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 uh, the artist, but he said the love sculpture or the love L-O-V-E uh, – inspired us to write or inspired me to write all you need is love but so again he he was the inspiration for john lennon for yes him. okay but bob said no but he downplayed it right but again and that, that also that love love got bigger than robert indiana everyone in the world knew love mm-hmm. and to this day it's the mona lisa and love are right up there almost everyone in the world oh yeah i've seen that or i know that yeah yeah but they don't know who the guy was he even started having his picture taken on top of his sculptures so people would see, look at me. I'm you know, sort of like Horton Hears a Who. I'm here. But, uh, but it, it, was, it was, and then, of course, he didn't copyright it, the uh, the image. And then people started making Chuck right. Taylors and all that stuff. And so well, you've got, and that stamp. You've got a U.S. postage stamp, which is what the mug you're drinking right. out of. And it was. Your clear liquid that you've got in there. It's my uh, coffee. an eight-cent uh, American uh, postage stamp. Right. And three, 330, 330 million, million yeah. copies of that stamp made. You had to, and had he. To, print it twice and he got a check for one thousand dollars and was called a sellout because of how popular it got and so that's kind of where you get this recluse that's kind of reserved from everybody and doesn't want anything to do with anybody because you know on it's kind of like local politicians sometimes you know on one hand uh you're on the take we know it speak for yourself no one one hates me You know, he is doing, uh, you know, trying to do something great and then uh, is getting scammed for it and then, you know, is being called uh, a sellout. But well, none of his work has his name uh, written on yeah, the front. it's not there. It's, it's not, he doesn't want to ruin that image. He wants that image to be pristine. In the- and when, when they made the poster for the Stable Gallery, the, the show in 66, uh, they had the union bug on it, but down below but they didn't have and it wasn't copyrighted properly and boom it just took off mm-hmm. and people started saying "Ooh, that's cool let's put it on this <laughs> put it on coffee mugs and all that stuff yeah and all poor right. bob was ostracized by the art community and that helped lead to his moving to indian or to uh, vinyl haven so uh, speaking of local politicians before we get to final thoughts uh <laughs> i want to know I'm not from, a politician. I know, That's the politician. <laughs> I want to know. Well, I want to know from Aaron what's going on in the county council, and I want to know from Dick what's going on in the city council. Are you the other way around? Wow, that's yeah. going to be interesting. You want, you want the other guy's opinion? Yeah, that was purposeful. <laughs> that, I wasn't. I wasn't misspeaking. I want to well, know. We're, the most exciting thing right now is we're getting ready for budget. That's always the most exciting time of the year. But yeah. we. But we do have uh, the council with the wind turbines. That's a big emotional issue right now. Obviously, it's kind of split. What's you saw what the elections did? Yeah, it obviously had an impact violently. Uh, yes, it did. But um, the only role we have in that would be uh, if we do abatement, mm-hmm. and we have done abatement. Are you on- sure? Because everybody running seems to think that the council has a lot more to do with 
Yeah. No. <laughs> abatement is our only the, – the only uh, – everything else is done by the commissioners. Abatement is our tool if right. we want to use it or not. We've used it on the southern projects, and I, I, I'm kind of regretful that we did. The, the um, split has been amazing to me. It's been so fascinating to watch from the outside, uh, so watching the Republican Party split in two, just like the Titanic. Oh, yeah. they're sinking man going down i mean you have one uh, council candidate who is calling who is running under the gop ticket who is calling three geo or he's calling gop commissioners evil you know like it's (laughs) it's insane like it's it's now i've got i've got visions of todd hyde saying don't let go (laughs) yeah Yeah. i'll never let go i'll never let go (laughs) no it and then is that is that Clay Morgan who yeah. is uh, <laughs> he's just plays, Clay. yeah Clay's freezing Clay. to death and just going yeah. underwater. He, he's eventually Clay's just going to sink off and and he's going to come to my side. <clears throat> kind of smell another, that on the play, last playing another movie. Of his yeah. episode. <laughs> no, that, that that's that's been a little discouraging. Uh, you know, when all this started seven years ago, whatever. I remember Clay, uh, Nate and I went up north and we stood under a turbine and that time it seemed like wow that's cool you know mm-hmm. and the longer we went uh, the more information you got the more you looked at what was happening in the community uh, you start having second thoughts and uh, i'm not sure we did the right thing down south i don't know what's going to happen i know up north it's it doesn't have council support uh, but it doesn't necessarily need it if they don't want abatement they can move on well, now the the South abatement has expired, correct? Right. Yeah. And and it's not going to be pursued again. So I, I know that there's different opinions on whether or not these can be developed without abatements, but I've I to this point there's not been a single wind project without a county abatement in the right. state of Indiana. So I I you know it says and, something. And I don't see I, I've done a whip count. I can't find more than two votes, if that, on on the council to 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 put an abatement in. No, and I'm not against wind. I, right. When I fly into Harlingen, Texas, and as you're going into the airport, you look out your west window, and it's just miles and miles of turbines, but it's on huge ranches, and every one of those ranchers are profiting, and they're happy to have the turbines, and they're not I mean, affecting their if neighbors. you just drive through northern, if you're going to Chicago, you drive on uh, in White a, County. Yeah, you drive through White County. Benton County. You and just it's see, sparsely populated, You too. see, you know. You see bald eagles getting killed. You see the <laughs> the, the wings flying off. You see ice sheets that are flying that a off of to them. Aaron? <laughs> Say, Dick, you better be careful. You're yeah. to get reelected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He has a he has a reelection to worry about, right? I don't. No, I'm just kidding. I, I think it, no. you have to follow you still in got, your family's footsteps. You still yeah. got an opportunity to run for sheriff. <laughs> you need to run for mayor. Mayor? Oh, sure, yeah. I like living in the county. State, state <laughs> yeah. representative. That, that doesn't stop some well, people. I, I want to know why he's not following. I can see the city from my front door. I think I can run. I know. I want to know why, why, Dick, why aren't you following in the footsteps of your great-great-grandfather and becoming chief of police so you can pick up the Catherine investigation where he left off? <laughs> <laughs> You're blowing his cover. Actually, I know, I know where she is. Just not... Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> Somebody called Candace and uh, Eldon. A couple weeks late with that information. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Aaron, what's going on in your neck of the woods? Well, um, a few things that I want to cite before I jump into city stuff uh, that I've kind of tried to think about. Uh, Kuda, I mean, I need to give 
respect to Stephen Vitito, Newcastle Main Street, and Carrie Barrett because they've been instrumental in the whole Robert Indiana uh, legacy and the culture and district. Um, the Mecca floor, which we didn't necessarily get to, but uh, it's an incredible piece of work. There's a 30 for 30 ESPN shorts. If you haven't seen that, watch it. Um, I've connected with Ben Kohler, who owns the floor now. He found it in a reclaimed wood warehouse. <laughs> uh, my, uh, It's the Milwaukee Bucks basketball yeah. court from the 70s and they or 80s. actually played on a replica this season. Uh, my boyhood neighbor, uh, Adam Hamby, made this court and it's uh he's got a facebook page and does all kinds of things like that it's uh land of many basketball courts yep uh, your brother yeah i think he tagged that um and actually little known fact the double newcastle connection the opening night of the floor i was told uh was there was a damper because kent benson got punched out sucker punched (laughs) by kareem abdul jabbar so interesting thought there. Um, and then to circle back to, you know, what Robert Indiana thought, I, it, it means a lot to me to know that he knew of everything that we had done to this point and we were planning to do before he passed. Um, something he said while we were up there was I asked him what he thought of all this and all the plans. And he said, it's a little tardy. <laughs> and I mean, he, that's true. It's uh, not your fault. You're you're just barely rising to power, Aaron. Yeah, exactly. It's all Dick's so, fault for being um, so slow. And J- right. and Jamie was an incredible <laughs> host on the island. Um, and uh, Jamie's the one that had run Vinyl Haven Seafood, and I think he's washing tonight. Um, but uh, I mean, he was an incredible host there, and really made sure that we were treated right. He made us feel like islanders. Uh, he oh, he gave sure. us a, a personal tour of the island. Uh, we went into his home and, and ate ate in his home. He's a he's a wonderful person, a talented artist. Now, where did the do you know where their logo came from? He, it I looks mean, it looks worked, pretty familiar. Well, he worked with Robert or for Robert in the seventies, and uh, he had stopped working with him, and uh, then you know started uh, taking care of him a little bit, and so they worked together on this. Jamie had the idea. Robert helped, um, and so yeah, I mean you can see the slanted O's. The, the fonts. The cir- I mean, you got the circle, the stars. And I mean, this it, pot, I, can you remember who this, what the family is? It was show the, show the camera uh, here. Civil it's, War, it's one airline. of Jamie's Civil War ancestors. It's in the uh, Vinyl Haven uh, Historical, Historical Muse- Society, yeah, Society right, Museum. Right. And uh, it, was, it wasn't there because uh, the museum, because it, I think it, it was Jamie's around, house or yeah, somewhere. Yeah. So, I mean, just a really neat connection there. And, he, I mean, he's he was great to us, but... Uh, city updates, uh, 1400 Plaza. I am hoping to ask the pit. (laughs) You fell in it. Um, (laughs) I'm going to start camping there. Fourth, 14th street (laughs) is open. 14th street is open. And I think if you drive by there, I see a footprint for where they're going to build that, uh, bathroom. Um, so hopefully we'll start seeing progress, but I'm hoping to nail down a timeline Monday night. Um, Trojan Woods, you know, there was an article in the paper about the last Parks Board meeting. There wasn't really anything changed um, in that, uh, which, you know, I think people were looking for a um, bicycle ban or, you know, prohibit bicycling through there. If a smoking ban is fine, why not a bicycle ban, Aaron? I know, I know. Well, and there's things there that play into that, and we'll see what happens as it develops. But I'm excited to see the woods, uh, you know, get even more cleaned up. Uh, hope to adding, uh, hopefully adding trailheads and mile markers throughout there. Because if you haven't walked through there, I suggest you do. It's a beautiful, uh, beautiful awesome. place. Uh, will, my, will it still our, be a nature preserve? Well, and that's the one thing I've tried to nail down is has <laughs> it lawfully been declared a nature preserve? I know the high school used it for some time. And from what I've gathered from some former science teachers, that they don't 
use that because they're busy testing. Right. Um, but I mean, I I think they're even regardless of if it changes from what it is now or not. I think there were definitely a majority of it will remain the way it is. But it, that's a parks board issue, and uh, interested to see what happens. But I'm just excited. Do for the right after thing. Uh, oh, for sure. after listening to your story about how you guys got to uh, got to to go up to Maine and meet Robert Indiana. I'm uh you're pretty persistent. I'm pretty worried about our chances of having smoker freedom here in the city. <laughs> well, you know, uh It doesn't seem like you give up without a fight. It's kind of, you know, I am, I told Eldon Pitts yesterday that I'm doing some catch up with the episodes, but on my way to uh Shelbyville the other day, I listened to uh Clay Morgan's episode and you know, he said, "Well, in Dakota's ideal world, everyone would care for their lawns and you wouldn't have to worry about 8 mm-hmm. inch to 12 inch grass." Um, and I think that's what it all comes down to. And I enjoy our friendships because you guys kind of make me look at things a little differently. And I weigh that for sure. Um, White Estates, I think we've got a, an ordinance amendment coming up on Monday for those surcharges there. Um, and there have been public meetings. Well, Have you attended any? I attended meetings? one. Yeah, it was on my five meetings in two days. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I, mean, I did attend one. That's moving forward. It's... Uh, a messy. The thing I've been thinking about is, in regards to infrastructure, especially, there's a lot of things that we are having to make movements on here within the last three to five years, based on things being neglected historically. Um, and so, that's not the sexy side of government because I like the sculptures and the things that are going to draw visitors in, but. I mean, lately I've been thinking, okay, we need to start thinking about maintenance. Absolutely. As far as Basic roads, infrastructure is exactly. the number one role of parks. Government. I mean, the parks are a part of that a role, too. Um, just maintaining what we have, cleaning it up for everybody here, because then that next step will be bringing people in. Has the state done anything about I know the mayor was displeased with the work on Broad Street. Right. Is there any action? Well, the one on my drive through with the mayor, um, he did point out that uh, drain towards road three, um, just east of road three. And you could see underneath the road. And I suspect that's how, the, if you remember when they started this project and they were tapping 38, it dropped three feet there between like 8th Street and 11th Street. Wow. I'd imagine that's how that happens. It has since been repaired. Um, and I think like you had said on one of the episodes, there will be a final walkthrough. Um, and I'm, you know, based on what I've seen from Greg, yeah, he'll make sure that it's you know right in the way. The, the main thing that I'm concerned about is those uh, crosswalks, the corners, especially the one right outside of what used to be Main Source Bank. I I walked over that way during the cruise in and was lost. I didn't even know how to get up on the curb. We're talking about the the iron the, iron work. Those, well, the those are additional. I, I assume those are custom, <laughs> yeah, those are custom city city works. I'm I'm guessing that that's the case. Those are I'm renegade. Also the same people that couldn't pull barriers down off 14th Street for three years <laughs> magically have erected barriers for yeah, for, for they, sidewalk. Were they produced by the Art Association of Henry County? What's that? Were they produced by the Art Association? I of Henry County? Do not think that they was, those are <laughs> properly licensed for that. Uh, but we'll see. I'm hoping that those aren't permanent. But then I, uh, <laughs> I, I think a five gallon bucket's a good look on our main street. Might be you could move it. <laughs> you could move it over to 14th Street. Um, <laughs> I tried reusable. To, Remove I, the barrier. <laughs> oh I tried to contact the IT contractor to see where we were at with the chamber updates. I know uh, last conversation I had with them, 
Uh, we talked about, I sent him actually to the Boss Hog of Liberty YouTube page and Facebook and said, listen, the ease of use that I see these guys utilizing. These uh, idiots can do it. We certainly can. <laughs> Basically. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, and we've got our vantage point where we want the camera and the audio. I think the skeleton is there. Hopefully it works properly. So we're close. I'm hoping that it won't be, you know, uh, another few months, but, uh, it's going to be a little bit more time left, but we are working towards that way. So. I can't wait until you guys get it, uh, get it put up and you can start live streaming it. And then I can just share it from the boss hog page and people oh, are yeah. like, wow, this guy makes it to every single meeting. <laughs> He's in two meetings at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> But if I, I had a million dollars, that's what I'd do. <laughs> Two meetings at the same time. I, I appreciate what you guys do here with your platform. I mean, it's obviously made waves in our community and has uh, given put information out there and transparency out there, which is always needed. Um, and definitely uh, appreciate you having Dick and I on to uh, kind of help educate and grow the legacy of Robert Indiana, which is what this is all about. It's not about us. It's not about uh, Newcastle even. It's just about the legacy that started here. Very cool. I, I know. I, I looked at the uh, at Maine and uh, Maine and Broad, and I found the original in-dot drawings and looked at what's out there. And to my eye, I'm a bridge guy, so I don't right. roadway and sidewalks aren't my thing. I don't know if there's been an additional drawing since. Does it then, look like a gradual grade but on the it whole? Doesn't project? match, uh, right? And I don't know. <clears throat> I, I hate to throw stones at a project when I'm not on it, <laughs> but the Maybe we uh, could get you on it. The <laughs> Yeah, that's what I need. One more thing. Uh, six meetings in two days. Six meetings in two days and getting married in three weeks. Uh, but it, it is um, – it doesn't match the drawing that I saw. Right. So at least that one of them. So I don't know – Well, and I've, I don't know what the explanation is. And I've reached out to Representative Saunders, and I know the mayor has met with him um, when Greg was over at the state house to meet with the governor and Lysing and the Rushville people. Um, so they're at least aware, which a little, is a uh, little bit of overkill. He, you're calling the governor in over a sidewalk. I know. Well, I mean, <laughs> you've got a, you had a guy that face planted. At, at Listen here, Holcomb. <laughs> you're going to get this fixed. Well, Bannon wouldn't have let this happen. Exactly. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Frank would have had that fixed in a heartbeat. <laughs> with somebody else's money. <laughs> Low blow. Oh, boy. Cash money. <laughs> anyway he All suspended right. the gas tax he wouldn't have had any money for that anything else aaron i guess this is probably a good time for final thoughts or was that it oh well, i thought that's what we were well, we, had, so we hadn't officially got there. there you kind of shot your wide you well, got anything I else thought dakota had said final thoughts so that's he's, why i was trying to rush said before we get there. to final yeah thoughts. oh gotcha you <laughs> you did okay because we would have started with you to begin with yeah. so yeah. it's all right is that it I mean, that's it. Any more it, kids on the way? It's uh, Congratulations. No, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Cece is definitely keeping us awake, and God bless my wife. I don't know, you know, watching your wife give birth and be a mother, I mean, just there's a whole new respect for women. I don't know how she does it. I couldn't do it. Um, so, yeah, and she's the one that, uh, like tonight, you know, I'm at a lot of meetings a lot too, and I uh, hate that because I'm away from them, and hopefully uh, – L and Braylon and CC are all watching, um, or at least CC's asleep. But no more kids, no more kids. <laughs> We've ingrained her with the boss hog of liberty because uh, I was watching the election results in the uh, delivery room. Actually. Hey, um, I can't that's believe what hey. Kennedy said that too. <laughs> yeah, you were you were watching it in the uh, in the room, and then I was messaging you about some things that were going on, um, and you were you were texting me back from the delivery room. So I, I mean, at that point, it was just, it wasn't necessary delivery. It was just right waiting. I couldn't do anything. <laughs> so, all right. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Yeah. 
Thank we, you. We'll probably, you didn't bring any gifts for us this time. Last time you brought uh, no, a, a screenshot from the internet, but I got no gifts. You, you can leave behind some <laughs> of the Robert Indiana I thought about it, but with, uh, with the lawsuits <laughs> that are flying around, I didn't want to be called. So <laughs> maybe after all that settles down. So that yeah, that, that is a thing. We were reading there. The FBI came in after after his passing, and we don't know where that's going. But there's been some talk of lawsuits and what's going to happen to his estate, and it, there's there's more to be written well, there. And that's what's, something that's what's so hard. And I think it's hard to tell because he was such an interesting individual. I don't think it's it's even fair for his friends to know what he was thinking honestly that late in his life. Uh, because, you know, we, we could tell how uh, failing his health was. Um, and like I said, I mean, it, it, Jamie just it seemed like a son to him. Um, and that's what uh, apparently he worked for him in the late 80s and 90s and doesn't want me to make him look old and say that he worked for him <laughs> in the 70s. But, uh, you know, I don't know much about the art fraud. Uh, I know that there's a uh, suit about senior neglect or abuse, which I don't necessarily, I mean, I'm not a lawyer. No and way. We're not friends necessarily, but I don't get that vibe. Um, I think Bob wanted his privacy. He didn't want to sure. greet people. And, and he was in a failing state, and, and he had a lot of pride. I don't think he wanted to, to meet all those people. But uh, this Morgan Art uh, Art Foundation is a Swiss, and, and we were right. alerted to that. And I, they're very secretive. And right. I, I just think it's a, a big, powerful corporation. They're going to try to go after Jamie and, and uh, Michael. And uh, I think Jamie's an innocent player in this. He's doing what he was asked to do. Yeah, as family. And, and my, my gut feeling is Jamie is uh, he's the victim in all this, and I I, I really uh, have empathy for him, and I, right. I I hope he prevails in this because he's he's well respected on the island. He and his wife for sure. Uh, he was a gracious host for us. Hate to see hate to see that kind of thing turn ugly. Yeah, but, oh, for sure. But, but, well, but you're talking about small community but you're like talking that. about big money who have right. all their assets, all, all their money's in the Bahamas, and all they want, they not only want the the rights to love, but all of his artwork from 1960 mm-hmm. to 2004. That's basically all That's of his basically artwork, all of it. And yeah. they, they want to license that, and then they're going to make millions and millions off of that. Jamie just wants to get the museum going, and well, and the way the way I see it is, they're wanting to get that for their own sake. Right. Um, and Jamie, it's almost like a Robin Hood thing. He wants to get that to give to the people. I mean, that's the conversations Bob, we have wanted. is Jamie, about growing the legacy. fulfilling and, his wishes. Right. Because, I mean, like Dick said, Bob <laughs> knew that he wasn't well-known. And so that's kind of been my mission through all of this is to spread the love and uh, <laughs> kind of grow his <laughs> – we should, we should make a sculpture. Maybe a T-shirt. <laughs> uh, and grow his legacy, and that's, you know, all we're trying to do. And I think um, because of, you know, you hosting us tonight for this discussion, you're going to have a lot more fans on Vinyl Haven, Maine. That's exciting. Any final thoughts, Dick? No, I, I appreciate what you guys do. I know there's a lady at Ball State in the art department listening right now. Hey. <laughs> we have a new Very listener cool. from Muncher. <laughs> chirp, chirp. <laughs> Well, this has been this has been fun, Dakota. This has fi- been a good episode. Final thoughts. I guess my final thoughts, of course, is a, a a big giant thank you to the people who pay us on Patreon. That's that's always awesome. The uh, lifeblood of the show. Yep, definitely. That's how we that's how we are supported. That's how we get our money uh, to to put this show on every week, and um, that's eventually how we're going to have enough money to get moved to a professional studio. So, in downtown Newcastle. So I'm I'm. Excited for the future. Uh, I had a lot of fun on this one. Can you imagine how nice to be that we could actually operate the door and go yep. out and back yep. in during a show? I'm so excited because I have to pee <laughs> so bad right now. 
<laughs> you may not be the only one. <laughs> I was. Uh, I'm a trained horse show announcer. I'm. My, my job is to be sit there and talk for five or six hours. So I'm good. Yeah, I well, can go two more hours. So I guess my my real final thought is I think that I'm going to test out the Cadillac backpacks and go to the uh, go to the city council meeting on Monday. Good uh, to see you there and check it out. Look for look for me and my camo backpack. But I don't know if you'll be able to see me with that digital camo. You probably won't, <laughs> Cody. Didn't you bring your equipment? Yeah. And I can testify to the fact that you are literally a celebrity when you would go there. It holds usually, court every time. <laughs> you usually are the first one there, and everybody comes in. Oh, hey Dakota, and they want to you know shake yeah, your they're hand. They're talking to me. <laughs> see what's next. My uh, my uh, wife's hairdresser Trisha um, is married to I think Mark Coger's son. Uh, some relation to Mark. Oh yeah yeah yeah. And uh, and Chris Foster. Yep. Yeah. Just yeah. Yeah. Used to be Foster's Coger now, but uh, <laughs> she heard a rumor and asked my wife, "Is Dakota running against Mark in 2019?" And I, I said, "I don't know." That rumor was started by by Dakota um, Davis. Dakota <laughs> Davis on the other Aaron Dick episode. <laughs> That's correct. The self planted rumor. I don't know where that came from. It's fake news. Who, who said that? Liars. Who said that? They're all liars. <laughs> <laughs> Well, those are my. Final I do thoughts. love that it comes full circle back to you. Mm-hmm. All right, I got a handful <laughs> of things. I got all kinds of notes over here. I want to work through real quick. Yeah, cool. Uh-oh. Uh oh. All right. Oh so, gosh, look at all that. I got all kinds of stuff. Uh, I got engaged in front of the love sculpture back yep, in December. Did. True. So and I then, saw the uh, pictures. Stephen, uh, you can say his last name for me. It's very Italian. Vinito. St- Stephen Vinito. He was the sculptor, or not the sculptor, but yeah. his group he and his at the class. school. Yeah, they, I mean, they, class they built of them. students. So when you guys did the installation, that's when he got engaged, or where right, he got engaged. Right. On the spot as right. it was installed, so he was number one, and then he he got married. <laughs> I guess last so. last week or two yeah, weeks last, ago. Last weekend, Stephen uh, Stephen Vidito is going to have a headstone like from the one from SpongeBob, the Smitty <laughs> Wurgenberger. He was number one. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Sarah and I, the lovely Sarah Potter and I, got engaged down there uh, back in December, and then we're getting married on the, on July seventh, seven seven. And w- to kind of carry it over, we had the uh, the the love sculpture yeah, will be right. our cake topper. So at the wedding, so that'll be our little our little tie. Well, my hope someday is to figure out a way to collect all the pictures that were taken in front of the love sculpture. I think I told you guys, that. yeah, and create a love collage, like you do with the little photos. I think that'd be really yeah, yeah and make it look like one big love print. It's the that number one sweet. place to get engaged in Henry County. That's what I heard. Yeah. Well, and we had a couple here recently from Arizona that got their picture in front of both love sculptures because they're traveling around the world. Uh, Christy and her wife. Her her uh, husband and they're just doing it everywhere, and so they mm-hmm. came to Newcastle because they knew it was here. That's so. very cool. That's cool. Uh, I want to give a shout out. One of the meetings I went to this week, uh, and I, I served Dick. You know, I served on the Memorial Park Board for a couple right. of years, uh, and raising money for that park. It, you know that you know the financial constraints of of yes. county parks and the struggle we have, uh, and for a number of reasons, just from the from the county side, funding projects and maintenance in there is a nightmare. Uh, so we realized that a year ago, and out of the Hope Initiative uh, and and some work that was done with that group and a number of other volunteers, uh, the Friends of Memorial Park were created. Uh, they celebrated their one-year anniversary, and they had a big uh, a big event out at the park on uh, on Tuesday night, uh, and I got to go to that birthday party, and they collected bottle caps. I know the city of Newcastle is doing that now where there's bottle caps out there. Yeah, years. finished, I think. And, yeah. and wow. well, they're looking for I kids to was, help sort. I thought it was in, until the 1st of July. I thought it was June. Oh, uh, was it? Anyway. Dang it! I have a whole Brenda trash Grider, bag. Brenda Grider will probably comment. You can send them. The you can send them with Aaron. Yeah. Ah, well, they're we'll, at, we'll they're at work. <laughs> we'll We've been collecting through. them at work. 
So anyway, uh, the Friends of Memorial Park, in the last year, they've been raising money and worked on these projects. They've, re- they've been rewarded grants. They've replaced, in the last year, every single volleyball net, basketball net, and tennis court net in Memorial Park is new and replaced for thanks to that group. Uh, they had nine benches made, nine new park benches, one new ADA-compliant table. Uh, they have ADA playground equipment uh, ordered and brand-new swings, so new equipment for the swings. Movers in and a shakers. year, man. Movers and shakers. So it's uh, when we couldn't – we had to use tree money to put <laughs> – we had to use our tree money in to, to put in a uh, – a, a new roof on our shelter house. We had to use tree money to uh, to put in. We had we made the news. We made the news like three times in the time <laughs> I was on the park board. We made the news over an algae scare uh, where we right. had fish that were nearly dying. We almost had the biggest fish kill in Henry County history. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had fire trucks out there running water and, and <laughs> the Neeson's uh, the Neeson's uh, lagoon pump running water and trying to aerate water. So we've got pump, we've got. Um, uh, fountains in all of the ponds again finally out there we'd use tree money for that so we were scraping and trying to find anywhere we could to, to find to find something to keep that park going uh just really thankful for that group uh, encouraging membership for the friends of memorial park and they're doing events all throughout the year uh but it's a 501c3 organization not a truly tied to the park not a government entity but an individual booster organization so i wanted to celebrate them well, and that plan that was presented at City Council was so impressive of the Henry County Expo. I'm really excited yep. to see and, what and, happens. And that's that. another separate group where the uh, the Henry County Expo or, group uh, exists, and they're going to build uh, about a seventy to seventy five thousand square foot uh, facility that's going to be home to Henry County 4-H, home to Purdue Extension, and all kinds of I mean, other youth and community yeah. uh, youth and community events where you can have a five hundred person banquet, you can have a livestock show, you could have a rodeo, you could have a circus. You could have wrestling, just in, an incredible number of things. And over the next uh, couple of months, you're going to see that take a very high profile, and there's going to be some fundraising. Um, there's a little bit of county money that was put into it for seed, uh, seed money. Mm-hmm. Uh, but from this point on, there's uh, there's about 3 or $4 million that's going to be raised privately. And uh, yeah. from the from the, from the the visibility I've had in it and being on the expo board, I think I think the county I think the county's going to support it, and it's going to happen. So within a year, that's the goal. Uh, July of 2019, we're expecting yeah. Expecting to have a county fair out there and then be off and running. I know right. they've got at least three or four events booked already uh, right, for, right. for using the facility. And I see that that's the main concern is can we support it? I mean, it's all about the marketing because I think that, that a facility like that could house just about anything. It's all about marketing. Yep. You, could do, you could do anything with that building. And there's nothing else like it. It's not really like it competes with other other facilities in the area. It it It's well beyond. I, I want to have a libertarian convention there, probably the 2020 <laughs> state libertarian convention. I want to I want to hey, host it out there. there you go. Uh, and maybe a Democrat convention, if you'll, you know, or at least a regional one. I don't know. We can get you people there. We'll happily let the Democrats. Maybe a joint again. convention. Sure. We're gonna have to join. It's Dick and his grass over there. Uh, <laughs> uh, la- last one. Uh, next week, we're going to have uh, Crider's Barbecue Bash. Bash Crider's going to be on the show. Awesome. He's yes. opening up a new business. So we're going to have, hopefully he brings us some samples. Yeah. But hopefully. we're going to, we're going to hang out with him and uh, we'll talk. It'll be another fun meandering episode. Yeah. I have, a, I have another final thought. To get in there. That's all right. We're only two hours in. <laughs> yeah. I, I have one more final thought. This one's, uh, this one's the most important that we've had. Yes, sir. And it is that the Libertarian Party of Henry County is having a meeting on the 24th of June at Montgomery Steakhouse at 1 p.m., and we will be closing our convention. So if you want to be put up for office, if you've been kicking around running for office in Henry County, then you need to talk to me so that we can get the, uh, the nomination and done and put you on the ballot uh whenever we close out the convention there you go so, one last chance rumors today 
<laughs> there are rumors. <laughs> there are yeah, 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 some rumors. True. You're the guy who should know, I guess. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna speak on any rumors. I got myself okay. in trouble talking about Mark Coger. <laughs> I don't want to get anybody else True. in trouble either. No, nothing's official till they're on the ballot, but <laughs> okay. there are discussions about possible new candidates. The talking yep. is out. It's out it there. It is there, and nobody knows. That's what's impressive. Yes. Mm-hmm. I heard Dick Bauslog is running for state rep. Oh, yes. mayor as a libertarian. Mayor. Yeah. <laughs> the Bauslog run for mayor ballot. and chief. <laughs> we'll see y'all next week. Chief. Mayor and police chief. Thank you for listening to the Boss Hog of Liberty, which is part of the We Are Libertarians Network. I am Chris Spangle, and I am the founder of this network. And I invite you to listen to all of our shows, which you can find at wearelibertarians.com or by searching for these in your podcatcher. The flagship show is the We Are Libertarians podcast, where we apply libertarian principles to current events. The Brian Nichols Show is a conversation amongst Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians, Independents, as they talk about what is happening in the news. And we have many other podcasts like The Chris Spangle Show, Upward, The Cost, Raw Audio Politics, Miranda's World, and Tad Talk, which is quite a ride. So check all of these out. Go to wearelibertarians.com and you can check out all of our great podcasts. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Get our other shows at wearelibertarians.com.